Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by the Spartan Forge team, the Seek One boys, Lee and Drew, Garrett Prawl of the DIY Sportsman, Johnny Stewart, and the winners of the Spartan Forge Veterans Hunt. We have a bunch of people filtering through this episode. We are at Johnny's camp to talk about the Veterans Hunt, cold hands and miss opportunities, the knock of shame, back to the basics, the rut stash, and much more. This episode is full of just about anything and everything uh, at Deer Camp. So this episode is brought to you by the Spartan Forge app, which utilizes years of military background and machine learning to pull from millions of data points to accurately predict deer movement, including GPS data, 30 years of weather, academic, and state research. The new app includes GPS mapping with incredible aerial imagery, offline dependability, deer prediction, weather updates, journal entries, and much more. And just remember, when you have the app to check for updates and update them when it comes out because they're changing a lot as it's updating to make it for the better. They just added the measuring tools option in the the mapping service there and it's going to continue to improve with every update. So keep giving feedback. There's a lot more to come and uh, I'm glad everyone's liking it so far. So if you want to check out the app and you haven't already, head over to SpartanForge.ai. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST. That'll save you 20%. And it also will give you a 14-day free trial. If you don't like it, then uh, get rid of it. But I'm pretty sure you're going to want to stick around and and check out this app. But definitely go on the website first to put in the code. You can't put in the code in the App Store. So do it on the website. And then after you create that account, go to the App Store, download it, log in, and you're ready to go. Tethered is a company that is founded on the principles of educating the hunting community on saddle hunting while creating the most innovative, lightweight, safe products for saddle hunting. They have mobile hunting gear options for all types of hunters and continue to push the envelope. To learn more about Tethered and saddle hunting and check out the new Skeletor climbing sticks, head over to tetherednation.com. Maven is building the highest quality optics at half the price of their competitors through their direct-to-consumer business model. They want to create the best optics for the job, period. Their products are back with a lifetime no-fault warranty and an incredible customer experience. So the new, or not the new, the RS2 Ultralight Rifle Scope was designed for the all-purpose hunter and features a 2 to 10 times zoom range to cover most eastern and western hunting situations. The RS2 is our recommended scope for those who require precision but don't need the added features of a long-range scope. That's which makes it perfect for small game, eastern white tail, as well as western big game for ultralight mountain rifle setups because it only comes in at 12 ounces which makes it one of the lightest all-purpose scopes on the market you can use the code east meets west dash gift for a free gift with any full price optics order over at mavenbuilt.com go wild is a free social community built by hunters for hunters join me on go wild today to get 10 bucks to spend on gear just for setting up your account you'll keep unlocking go wild rewards and you can now see my complete gear setups over there interact 
with uh, a lot of other hunters, see what people are liking as far as gear goes. And you can find that in the app store or time to go wild.com. If you use a coupon code East meets West, you'll save 10% off of all hunting gear, including tethered saddle hunting products. So check that out. <laughs> as you could probably tell, I don't, uh, I don't pre-record any of the, the ads here at the beginning. I like to just run through them and, and kind of give my own twist, but sometimes I get screwed up, especially after a long day. I've had, uh, had a day of work that started at 5.30 this morning and got out of work about 4.30, got home just in time, jumped on the podcast, which will be next week's episode with Levi Morgan. Did that, finished that up, and just started recording this. And then I have uh, the Rich Life uh, online live course right after I'm done doing this with Cody Rich. So I, a lot of stuff going on. It's uh, all exciting stuff, though. So I, I apologize for sometimes I... I'm not thinking as clearly as I would a uh, nice bright and early in the morning. But anyways, this week's Mountain Buck Monday story uh, comes from James Seifert. So this James had said, we spend a fair bit of time each year rifle hunting a large chunk of public land in the mountains of Pennsylvania. We finally decided to archery hunt this spot this past season. We spent some time scouting and hung two cameras to get a general idea of deer movement. Having grown up in Pittsburgh and archery hunting small tracks, the big woods were a different story. We had several nice bucks on camera, however, never once got a photo of this buck. Three of us set out to access the chunk of public via boat on the opening day of archery season. Less pressure this way and a much easier way to access the area we plan to hunt. After a hike, we all climbed various areas around a small drainage. Roughly 45 minutes before dark, and this buck came on a trail directly under me. I was able to draw, settle my pin, and let an arrow go at 8 yards. However, my limb hit the rail of my climber, and the arrow went way low into the dirt. The buck didn't spook, but walked away casually. I composed myself, knocked the second arrow, and ranged him at 32. This time, the arrow went where it was supposed to. He went roughly 80 yards and died within feet of the river. It's my biggest buck to date, one I won't soon forget. I'm hooked on mature mountain bucks. And James, couldn't have put it any better. And you can definitely tell the enthusiasm in your voice that you love this stuff. And it's awesome to see you have success and obviously putting in a bunch of work for it. And, you know, having access via boat, everything else, such a cool story and a great buck. So if you head over to East meets West hunt on Instagram or East meets West outdoors on Facebook, you can check out James's buck and feel free to submit your mountain buck Monday submission. Send it to bow at East meets West hunt.com. Uh, that's my email address. Send that in and just know if I don't, if I don't get to your story right away, I, I share all of them. It's just, takes a while because i got a lot of submissions right now which is great and i want them to keep coming and keep rolling um but i i didn't i didn't forget about you i i got them i did actually forget about a couple people and they reminded me so i apologize but i think i got a a better system now so that i don't lose track of where they're coming from but when you get messages from you know this thing social media this there and the other email is just the easiest way for me to track things so send that over and uh I'd love to to share your story. These these stories coming in are just 
are great and and I really enjoy getting to share them. So we have a long episode uh, this week uh, from the Veterans Hunt. So I'll keep the my uh, intro here short as possible. Uh, the one thing I did want to note is we do have the the Woodsman beanies up on the website there. I'm actually, just about getting close to selling out of the brown ones. Um, I knew I should have ordered more when I did it. Um, but I ordered them back in August and wasn't thinking about cold weather beanies at that time. And, uh, I didn't order enough, but anyways, still have some of them here. I'm shipping them as quickly as I can. Hopefully if you, you're listening to this right when it comes out, you can get it by Christmas. Uh, I'm not going to guarantee that as uh, I don't know what the postal service will do, but as of right now, other people have been getting them in a couple days. So, um, yeah, so definitely if you want to check that out and support the podcast, head over to the, the online store. have a bunch of different stuff on there um, and constantly getting new stuff in. It just takes a little bit with uh, the new world that we live in with COVID supply chain. So with that being said, I really hope that you enjoy this episode. It was a fun one. It's a special one uh, from the Spartan Forge Veterans Hunt. I love Bill's passion about wanting to do this. Before he even, before Spartan Forge was really even a thing, when the company was just starting and he's talking to me, he's like, I want to do this veterans hunt. And he's really passionate about it, being a veteran himself and getting to spend time with these guys that came to camp was absolutely incredible. All of these guys, I, I think they had a great time. It seemed like it. I mean, I know I did and getting to meet all of them and, and hang out and everything, just such a great group it was just anything you could think of from you could want out of deer camp that's what we had in that long weekend so without further ado here's uh the episode with a whole lot of people and a lot of great times all right we're live from johnny's luxurious lodge what are we calling it johnny the Fox Run? Fox Run. Rock Run. Rock Run Lodge. Oh, Rock Run. Rock Run Lodge, which is more than a camp. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's a pretty, pretty incredible place, that's for sure. So we got, we got Lee on. We've got Bill on. We've got Damon on here. And uh, we're here for the Veterans Hunt. Yeah. It's a good time so far. Yeah. So, Bill, do you want to kind of start us off with talking a little bit about this hunt and kind of where it where it came from and what what's going on here yeah well i guess and this isn't trash talking it's just the truth i see a lot of people in the hunting industry always talking about like patriotism and using it to move merchandise or do whatever and uh, i actually wanted to see something where you know we were honoring the people that bestow upon us all of the privileges that we enjoy as americans going around the world people don't get to run around town chasing whitetails and uh, or running around running around in the forest chasing whitetails and having a good time and um it's a, it's actually kind of a luxury these days to be able to do it to have you know the money and the time to take time off from work and the freedom to go and do it so what i wanted to do was um you know i served 21 years in the military and i think i've probably said it on this podcast before or if i haven't i've said it on another one i always feel like i made out so much better than most people did from the military like I came out with, you know, a couple of degrees, you know, <laughs> went from living in a trailer park to, you know, having a pretty good life. And um, I just, uh, I know a lot of people, friends of mine and, you know, people I don't know and 
friends of friends who, you know, came out without a couple of legs or without an arm or, you know, a lot of post-traumatic stress. And um, I guess, you know, I just feel very fortunate how lucky I got. So long story short, I wanted to um, organize something where we invite some vets out and we, uh, you know, basically spoil them for a few days and, uh, you know, get some good grub, some drinks, you know, go out and do some hunting, put them on, you know, with, I think, you know, the Spartan Forest Pro Staff's the best in the world. And uh, we've been guiding these guys this week and we're hunting some pretty rough woods. We're having a good time. We've seen some big deer and, uh, you know, we're just trying to, you know, pay it forward to these people that have done so much for us. So we did this veterans hunt this year. Um, we organized a raffle, um, all the pro staff were great in helping us promote it. Um, we randomly picked out of a hat, some winners and, uh, they're out here right now. And then we're going to do some more stuff going forward, but essentially it's just, uh, for me, it's a way to get back to the community that I came from that I benefited so much from and, uh, trying to help some people out and to create some awareness. So all of the money that we've raised surrounding these events too, um, we are going to um, donate to the boot campaign, which uh, is an organization. It's a nonprofit that does like, uh, essentially, I think the the narrative is they help soldiers with visible and invisible wounds. So you can think about somebody, who, you know, easy, missing a leg. That guy is going to need some help, right? You know, wheelchair access or something or whatever the case may be. They help out with that type of stuff or, or you know, um, rehab or someone's got PTSD, or, you know, I have a very good friend, um, actually my best friend, um, had most of his lungs removed from burn pits. Uh, we were in uh, Iraq together, and there were tons of burn pits, and he had gotten some cancer um, in, you know, his chest, and uh, had most of, you know, his lungs removed, and, uh, you know, he can't run around and do this, like, he wouldn't be able to climb a mountain with us today if his life depended on it. So, um, anyway, I've talked way too much. But that's because it's easy for me to talk about this all day because it means a ton to me. So. Yeah. Well, no, it's funny is, is not funny, but what one of the things that from the beginning when you started talking to me about Spartan Forge, you had this veterans hunt plan before yep. before the product even was. Yep. Far before the product. Far before out. the product. You told me you're like, want to do this. I remember when you came up to meet me and Johnny and you talked about it and Johnny's like, yeah, we'll just have it at the cabin at the time. It was yep. kind of a skeleton. Yep thing here and uh and johnny's been johnny stewart on our pro staff i think one maybe one of the best hunters in the world um and i mean that has been working his can off um finishing this cabin up and it looks amazing and everyone is living so comfortably here and this place is like i'm gonna straight up just start showing up here with my girlfriend and telling johnny hey bud Showing up, I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's been a priority of mine from the beginning, and I'm going to say it one more time. I benefited so much from the military. I think far more than most people do. Far more than 99 percent of people do. Um, just to go from where I started in the military when I was 17 to where I am right now at 38 is just you know only po- a only possible in America. B made possible by the military. Um, C, paid for in blood by people that came before me and people that are going to come after me. So I'm going to make sure I take care of these people as much as I can um, to, you know, again, honor where I come from. Awesome. Well, thanks, Bill, for the intro there. And and we have one of the first winners on here, Damon. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How's it, How's the hunt been for you so far? Oh, man, this is great. Um, I, put, I went on Facebook. I seen it, applied for it. 
Um, I got picked. I was a little shocked. I thought it was a scam at first, or I was like, <laughs> I, <didn't> I, I, <laughs> I had to go look up Bill's information on Facebook because uh, I was sitting there. He's like, "Congratulations, you won!" Uh, like I said, I was shocked, and uh, I like to say thanks, Bill, for uh, helping out the veterans. Uh, it, it was it was just amazing. Um, came from North Carolina, t- took me nine and a half hours. I come here. Everybody's been great. Uh, it's just it's just a blast. Just uh, pro staff guys, you guys are great. Garrett, Jordan, I mean uh, Johnny, everybody's just been great, man. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, is this your first pe- podcast, by the way? Yes, yeah, it's a very. Tell us fun. about yourself, man. Yeah. Uh, originally, I'm uh, I'm from uh, Richmond, Kentucky. I'm a big UK fan. Uh, I joined the military in '99. Uh, spent 13 years in the military. Uh, I've had been to several uh, countries. I uh, got deployed three times: two to Afghanistan, one to Iraq. Um, like I said, I made it back home, 10 fingers, 10 toes. Some friends of mine didn't make it back. So, uh, veteran day, it means a lot to me. Um, and it's just, I got hurt in the military. I got two bulging discs in my back. So I had to uh, medically, um, medically discharge, uh, spent 13 years in the military and it's been a blessing for me. Uh, I was headed down the wrong, wrong road, uh, made some bad choices, but went the military, grew up, came a man, and uh, I have to, I'm like Bill. I just, it's, the military has blessed me in so many ways, and it's just thankful for it. That's awesome. And you yeah. were in the Army, correct? Yeah, I was in the Army, yeah. What did you do in the Army? Uh, I did water purification, but every time I got deployed, it seemed like I was an infantry soldier because I was always setting up convoys, uh, checkpoints, and getting shot at. And so, But, you know, the Army first – we all we all infantry first before we do our MOSs, but it's, right. it's it's good. It, it I it was, I was blessed, very blessed. Oh, that's that's awesome, and thank you very much for your service, and appreciate that you took the time to drive up here and yeah, hang out with us. So tell us a little bit about your hunt too. I want to hear about that. Uh, I had some good hunts. Uh, Johnny put me on some good spots. Uh, uh, Garrett came a, a day later because he. You know, and uh, but we all I had good hunts. First day I went out, saw a little four point. He was probably about, uh, probably about five yards away. But Pennsylvania got a restriction that kept me from getting to pull the trigger on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tonight set and uh, seen um, four does and one spike. So I've seen deer. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of deer cross the roads. <laughs> yeah. That I didn't get to take a shot at, but you know, it was just amazing. Uh, I'm not sad that I didn't get to shoot a buck or nothing like that, but it was just, you know, meeting everybody and just having a great time. David, are you hunting tomorrow? No, nah, I'm not going to hunt oh, tomorrow. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving at 5 in the morning and head back to North Carolina. Well, I get the feeling this isn't the last time we're all going to hang out together. So I know oh, we'll no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not the last time. Uh, all you got to do is say, hey, I got a hunt coming. Uh, you're more than welcome to come, and I'll be here. Oh, you will, you'll, <laughs> you'll be more than welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for your service. Hey, same to yeah. you, brother. Yeah, thank I, you. I'm going to chime in for one second and just say that <clears throat> for those of us that have are not in the military, have not served, that we're not veterans, like to be a part of, Bill, like what you're doing here is an absolute honor for, for all of us involved uh, just to be hanging out with you guys. I mean, we are so indebted for what you guys have done and – Again, just to be a part of this group here for this weekend, like this is a special thing that's happening. So just to even be here and, and yeah. be involved in it is a really, really cool and honestly, like a, a big honor 
in all of our lives here, um, those who have and have not served. So I, I just kind of want to throw my two cents in that, that yeah. just being here is, is such a cool thing. I for think us. it's well said because I think there's context and I feel bad for the listener because there's context. Like everyone is spending all – like if we're not hunting, we're all like talking to each other like old friends for yeah. hours on end. As I said, it's like old college It's really buddy, weird. Like- um, it's not – weird is not the right word. I couldn't have predicted that everybody would be so friendly and getting along so much and it would be so relaxed. Yeah. And like such a diverse group of people, like just everyone from every different walk of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's just getting together like we're, you know, college buddies, like I said. Like it's just, you yeah. know, last night, everybody knows about Bo's Rhett Stash uh, uh, moniker <laughs> that he runs around on online. So I came here with about probably about four inch beard. And uh, I'm leaving with a Rhett Stash, <laughs> thanks to Bo Martonic and Johnny. And Johnny's over there looking like James Hetfield <laughs> with a, a handlebar mustache. I didn't recognize him earlier. I thought I came here to pump the porta potty. Holy, it's Johnny Stewart. I didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. Um, and then uh, who? And then you know, one of our uh, en- uh, founder at Spartan Forge, uh, Jimmy, over there, and uh, an engineer and a great guy in his own right, who we're going to get on here later. He showed up with a beard, and now he's leaving with a rut stash. And he didn't even hunt this weekend. But guess what? He's got a rut stash. And then we like, wait, what? Jimmy, you showed up with a beard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. He showed up with a beard, and like twenty minutes into it, he's like, "I'll shave my beard." It's like, yes. I thought I thought we were just vibing from the beginning. Oh no, yeah. Jimmy's a convert. He's, he's rut stashing yeah. it over there. I like you even better now. Yeah, right. And <laughs> uh, like three or four other guys too, right? Oh yeah, like yeah. everybody yeah. here except for Damon. Oh, I'm clean shaven. Yeah, he's clean shaven. <laughs> couldn't do it. No, and Drew, but we had to draw his on. Or Lee. Or Lee. Lee. But, yeah. Yeah, I just did that. Jeez. Didn't you just talk to them for like two hours earlier? Yeah. yeah. And I don't like Lee. I like Drew. So you don't want to get yeah, me started on you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> so, yeah. it's So, I drew, drew that on Lee, and then everybody else just, uh, yeah, they shaved it and it, it literally, yeah, again, it felt like one of those things that you convince everybody to do at, like, a college-type party yeah, or, like, yeah. type deal. And it didn't really take much convincing. Everybody. No, everyone just did it. And we were having a great time all laughing and uh, getting along. And yeah, Johnny thinks he looks so good over there. He hasn't stopped smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's No, it's it's been a really cool vibe from it. And it feels like deer camp. And that's, like, yeah. a very big yeah, tradition. Yeah, but deer camp's like a family thing. Like, when you conceptualize or think about deer camp it's all yeah. like something you do with your family and like last night when everyone's just sitting around here having a good time talking like old friends it's like holy crap it's like a family almost kind of like way. frat deer camp yeah frat maybe a higher level just one knock above yeah. frat i guess maybe the best way to say it but yeah uh, yeah it's been a great time so far very good yeah yeah that's been it's been awesome where are some of the other guys I want to filter I in? I think I kicked them all down in the basement here. So <laughs> I think uh, what we'll do is I'm going to get Jimmy to come over here. Yeah. And Jimmy's going to talk about his – what? Jimmy's shaking his head like he doesn't want to do it. You don't want to do it, Jimmy? Oh, come on, man. Come on over. Come, come on, Jimmy. Jimmy. Let's go, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. 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 Come no, on, Jimmy. No, we can't edit it out. We're live right now. Let's go, Jimmy. I, we've got 50,000 people listening. Hundred thousand, yeah. Lee and Drew are here. Probably one hundred twenty-five thousand listening. <laughs> so we can't get him over here. So we're gonna get Johnny. Is gonna take my mic uh, right now while I go downstairs and go grab some more veterans. 
Yeah. And, no, I got it. Johnny's going to come over and take my microphone. Grab Ashley. Yes. I, I want to talk some crap to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> From across the room. Ashley, <laughs> he's I just so to, small. I'm going to come so, back. He's so here, gradual. Here, Johnny, take the headphones here for me. <laughs> Johnny's double fisting. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny. Bo, how are you? Killer. <laughs> Pretty good, buddy. How are you? <laughs> Doing good. You uh you definitely did some work as we were saying here on the camp. It's looking looking better than could have ever expected. Yeah, Bo, thanks. I uh I planned for this vet hunt and uh we were you and Bill were up in June. We did a podcast here at a place that was like a skeleton, like you said. And uh I just planned on getting it done for the vet hunt. I actually worked right up till Wednesday before the vet hunt. I had to put a railing up and shit like that. But um, it was like a goal, you know. Um, I wanted it to be nice for these vets and everybody that came. I didn't build and expect it to be done. I guess he didn't have too high expectations for me. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, that was a goal I had set for this summer. I didn't get to do much scouting. Uh, I didn't put much time in the woods. I just worked on this place because I lived two hours south, two and a half hours south. So I'd come up and and work every weekend all summer just to get it done. And, uh, yeah, that was my goal, to get it done for the vet hunt so everybody can enjoy it, you know, not like half done. Um, so, yeah, it came out good. And like Bill said, I'm glad everybody gets along. When you get a bunch of guys talking talking deer hunting, you can uh, pretty much all get along, you know. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. it doesn't take too long to talk later in the night. So we just uh, got Ashley that jumped on the mic over here. He's soft. What's up? He's very soft. <laughs> yeah. Very prefer, scrawny, weak. I prefer him the term fluffy. Puny man. Fluffy. That's a good word <laughs> to describe. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the reason why Lee is saying that from across the room is because he's slightly. He kind of looks like the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, though. He doesn't have his mustache anymore. So You don't got any. Well, do you want to hear the story why? Should what? we go there? Yeah. Let's well, yeah. Let, let, actually before that, let's start and give a little background on who you are. How far back you want to go? Like Chunk and the Goonies far back? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the oldest dude here, I think. I'd like to go back that far. I'd like to raise a pretty interesting dude. Yeah, let's go back. How much time you got? As much time as Ashley needs. Forty four years worth? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hit, the, really hit the highlights. Yeah. I never would have guessed that. I would have guessed thought that. I was older? 54. No, I, I thought you were younger. No, I'll be 45 December 10th. I thought you were older. Yeah. Well, that's because we're in the same age bracket. <laughs> you know, these young bucks, they don't understand. They don't anymore. get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, my name's Ashley. Um, I was born at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. My father was military. Uh, I joined the military, too. I joined up in 2000. Uh, my father was Army. He told me to go in the Air Force. Uh, so I went in the Air Force. Air Force has a job called uh, CCT. That's short for Combat Control Team. And so I went into that profession. Uh, September 11th kicked off, and it was pretty much a, uh, a very, I would say the last 20 years have gone by quickly. Um, some listeners will understand that time gap. Some won't just because of your age. Um, had a great time doing my job. I love it. Uh, I've had a complete blast going all over the place doing military stuff with a lot of good people bill's one of them um yeah right that's a good way to sum it up um 
so yeah, phenomenal time. Uh, I have no complaints about the the profession that I chose uh, in the Air Force. It's called the AFSC. That's the equivalent of MOS in in the other services. Um, we still have what's kind of a an, a very unknown uh, job, and I use that to my advantage. So a lot of times people say, "What do you do?" And you say, "I'm a Marine," and they say, "Oh wow, he's a Marine." Yeah, that's awesome. Which it is. Um, and then they say, oh, you know, like I'm in recon or I'm, it's MARSOC, you know, like I'm in MARSOC, like, wow. Or I'm in the army. What do you do? I'm a green beret. Oh, wow. You know, I'm in the Navy. What do you do? I'm a seal. Oh, cool. I'm people say, what do you do? I'm in the air force. And they go, oh, and then it just ends right there. And I just roll with it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So 20 years into the war, people still don't know what our job is. And we like it like that. We keep it quiet. We don't have any movies. We don't have any books. Our only claim to fame is Tyrese saying, bring the rain and transformers. Um, and we like to just leave it at that. Um, let's see what else. Yeah. So anyways, so fast forward to this year and I was overseas in Africa on a deployment and I saw, um, what bill was developing. And so I asked him if I could in any way, shape or form, get involved, somehow help or just do whatever. And this was one of his many, many brainchilds cause he has a fucking 30 pound head. Sorry that I cursed. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's got a 30 pound head on a, well, I don't want to say how much his body weighs, but it's, <laughs> it's let's just say he's been busy this year. <laughs> and so, yeah, so bought and paid for. Yeah. Right. 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 Oh, I didn't even know he was here. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What'd you say? I'm not kidding. I thought he was talking shit on you and you were out. Oh out no, no, oh, no, 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 no. You never we'll do talk. it right in front of each other. Yeah. The first yeah, thing yeah, we, yeah. That's, the first thing he said when he saw me, holy crap, you've gotten fat. Yeah. <laughs> today we're going up the hill to the spot which i'll get to as why my mustache is missing i'm like why are you mouth breathing anyway so <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do with the hike yeah right <laughs> so uh so that's how i ended up here with with everybody that's here now and it's been phenomenal up to this point um yeah what else yeah. what else you need to know or what did i leave out no i was just it's uh getting to getting to meet you here it's uh-huh. been uh, one, it's been it's been cool to get to to meet you, but one of the most interesting guys, and always gets everybody laughing. And uh, so I will say this: here. Uh, when when your name's Ashley, you get thick skin very quickly, and and big muscles. A girl name. That part, yeah, it is definitely a girl name. Um, <laughs> so I, to the point where I trace the the origins of my name. Um, it, there was actually a, a very, very popular book, one of the best-selling books of all time called Gone with the Wind. It's, it takes place between Charleston, South Carolina, and Savannah, Georgia. It's a Civil War time period. They made a movie about it. It was one of the highest-grossing films at the time. And anyway, in the movie, there's a gentleman named Ashley. It was a southern, um, like a historical southern gentleman's name. And then it went south for me after that. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. So anyway, where I'm going with that is, yeah, yeah that's my name. Um, you you develop quick wit. You know, I think it started in like third grade, where you you have to be like I would have made a really good freestyle rapper. Yeah, you know, if it came to dis dis raps, like I can I can exchange blows with the best of them. Then you go in the military. Oh, it's like times a hundred. Yeah, it turns you know, out so, most guys in combat applications group didn't know uh, Gone with the Wind. Right. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or any other dude in the military. Like, hey, have you read Gone with the Wind? And you, they punch you in the face. Uh, yeah. yeah. Read. No. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah, you just, once you go in the mill, you get very, very proficient at uh, t- 
talking trash to one another, but it's always, well, I won't say it's always, but it, the majority of the time it's meant with good intentions. Just yeah, like, catharsis. yeah, just like when we walked in the house tonight and I knew it's similar to like a debrief after a mission where maybe you mess up something big or something little and we're walking into the house and I'm sitting there hanging my head because I don't think you were here yet in the house, but everybody else was here. And I'm like, I, I want to hear it right from the horse's uh, mouth. Well, then you need to hear it from the mouth breather. So, <laughs> so mouth he's, breather. He, he was the witness. I was just the... He calls me mouth breather. From tonight's events, you could also call me the deer seer. Yeah. I'm not sure you could call him that. No. Call him you, uh, not. you can call me whatever you want. You can yeah, call me so, Ashley. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> Ashley had taken a whoopee, which is a military... Um, what would you call it? Blanket? Yeah, a blanket, but it's like an insert. Like a blankie. Yeah, blankie, yeah. And he <laughs> yeah. made it into a deer saddle. Um, so now he uses it for hunting. And he had wrapped himself in a cocoon because he was cold because he's from South Carolina. Um, he kept texting me and asking me if we could leave. I'll interject when anything he says is false. Yeah. And so <laughs> I said, hey, dude, just like wait another half hour. It's almost sundown. And he was like, fine. And... uh so after the last time he texted me and asked me to leave, it was like 4.30. Sundown was at about 5. Um, about a you know 130-inch plus 11-pointer walks in. And uh, I, we, you know, we'd gotten to the spot. And the, the, the goal was, was that he was sitting right in front of the scrape that I thought, you know, the, buck would, the bucks would come in and work and that he would get the shot. And, of course, this being the veteran's hunt, I wanted to see, you know, a veteran get a good deer. And so, Thank you for that. Hey, Very nice. here to serve. So uh, I, I instantly said to myself, you know, uh, Ashley, you know, he's got more combat experience than most guys. He's going to instantly, you know, go detect action. the threat and go to work. Um, but he was in his whoopee. And he was um, – so I, I'll, I'll just tell the story as it happened. Then I'll let you guys all know what really happened. The deer walks in, gets within about 15 yards of – of us splits us basically we are 30 yards apart there was about 15 yards between us really giant you know pennsylvania whitetail um only three and a half year old deer but it was you know all of 130 yeah. plus inches we had pictures of the camera that was right in, the camera was taking pictures of it right in front of where we were sitting and um so i'm like thinking to myself okay ashley's about to draw down and you know punch the clock and go to work on this whitetail and uh i'm looking in his general direction there's a lack of movement so I sent him a text, and I'm like, hey, dude, you've got a giant whitetail on your right. Did you tell him uh, he was only 20 yards from you, and he's right there by you, right, 20 yards? He's 30 yards from me, about, yeah, about something like that. John, move that mic a little closer. Too far. And, uh, so the mustache is blocking it. Can mustache. you guys hear me? Because I can't hear anything. Yeah, get okay, your cool. mic up yeah. in there, too, mouth breather. You, you good there? Yeah. All right. Yeah. You will call me deer seer. I'm going to call you hot mic. All right. So, uh, magic, it's a military term, magic man. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so I text him and I'm like, Hey dude, you've got a giant deer on your right hand side right now. It's there. This is happening now in the world. We'll call it four o'clock. Well, it's about four thirty, I think it was. Yeah. And so, um, he's still not. Okay. So at that point, I'm sorry. The second time I text him, I start seeing movement and his like elbows are moving. And I'm like, oh, this guy's, you know, being a stealth ninja and he's going for his bow and he's going to draw down on this buck. And this buck is just trying to smell the scrape, but he's not going to go in and work it. And I think the reason, I'm guessing, is because on that camera were a ton of other bigger bucks. 
So I think this was like a three and a half year old younger deer that didn't want to get his butt kicked. Um, so it wasn't tending the scrape. He was just kind of near it. He wanted to be around it. And so I start seeing Ashley's elbows moving and, but then nothing's happening. And now it's been like almost a minute and I'm freaking out. So I start going, Psst. Psst. and it's like snowing and it's a little bit of ice rain, 20 mile an hour winds. Actually, it had probably gone down to about five or 10 at this point. It just got started to calm down. No response from Ashley. And then, and then I did it one more time and the buck kind of just like jumped. Um, and I wasn't, I thought it was maybe because the wind had shifted towards me and he'd maybe caught a little bit of Ashley's wind. Could have been that he heard me going, but I doubt it because it was pretty windy. Um, I never heard any, he never of those, heard any of them by the way. Yeah. So now the deer starts to just walk away. And so I, all I'm trying to do at this point is get the deer to stop in its tracks. And I thought he was maybe sleeping because I thought there was movement, but there's nothing happening. So I just go, meh, like that. And the buck just jumps up and takes off, like not runs, but just starts. At, now he's got a clip going and he's moving. And then I see Ashley's head move. Have you ever wanted to have Levi Morgan, Andy May, Johnny Stewart, and others available at all times? Well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade short barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. And uh, he's looking at this, you know, giant buck walk away. Um, and I watched him, you know, the only term you could come up with, I could come up with was crestfallen. I would say is the appropriate term. Um, and uh, his countenance fell. And uh, so I, we get on the ground and we're debriefing afterwards. I'm like, dude, what happened? And so he's literally getting the text messages that I was sending. They like, never came right through. Right now, they just were coming through because yeah. we were in a place, you know, PA with really spotty service. And I'm like, what? Like, I saw you moving your hands. I thought you were making like a slow move for the bow because yeah. deer is right there. And he's like, so what had happened was we'd went down to the truck um, to get like hand warmers and to dry off quickly at lunch because uh, we were doing an all day sit and I'd handed him some hand warmers. So at like 4.31, he decided he was so cold now that he wanted the hand warmers for the next 20 minutes. So the elbow movement was him quietly undoing the packaging on the he hand did that warmers. quietly. 
Buck never knew how warm my hands were. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and he also didn't hear me going, psst, psst, psst. And uh, yeah, so uh, that Buck uh, lives to see another day. But I think he's going to be a huge four-pointer or four-year-old. So when yeah. he comes back next year, he'll be 150 inches, and you can uh, you know watch a 150-inch Buck walk away next year. I will replay this podcast. I will have frostbite on my fingers before I let that happen again. I'm talking black, remove them, like climbing Mount Everest frostbite before I let that happen again. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, I can imagine. So then do you have anything to add to that story? No, because he actually didn't embellish it, and that's exactly what he happened. He did earlier. He really – Yeah, of course I embellished Nice little earlier. kicker and this and that. Well, again, going back to how we like to talk trash to each yeah, other, yeah. brotherly love. He was rubbing it in. You got to – when the whole group of all these – studs with these rut stashes you gotta you gotta add you gotta, the yeah. fluff factor you know you gotta add 10 20 yeah. percent so yeah. yeah so you came home and had to you you voluntarily shaved your rut stash off out of well i feel like it wasn't voluntary i think the the rut gods dictated that because of what <laughs> happened rut gods yeah but then what it happened weird. earlier it was weird because i saw lee in there with a dustpan afterwards trying to scoop the uh <laughs> trying to scoop the whiskers up. Yeah. Then he was asking people if anyone had Elmer's glue. So I don't know what he's trying to do. Yeah, make money. So <laughs> so I felt like I wasn't worthy of the rut stash anymore, so I shaved it off. So because of what happened to uh, Yeah. Like I, my I, nine-year-old daughter, that, this, is, uh, this is true. My nine-year-old daughter could have made that shot 10 out of 10 times all you, day long. You just didn't see it at that point? Like, no, I never saw it. Yeah. I'd well, never you saw heard it him. after it was walking away. Oh yeah, I saw it in all its glory, just like real big and. <sighs> Sorry. The other thing too I, I didn't cool get... about him was he had black bases. Yeah. Like really dark black bases. Chocolate. And his antlers yeah. were brown. That's nice. I like that. I know. I you like should rub it in some more. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that more. Yeah. Black. It would have gone really well with the dark spots on your pants. I could use another one, you know, from a vet. Yeah. Because for the vet hunts, we should have a nice yeah. deer head here. Yeah, it is what it is. But what are the rules for the rut stash? What do you mean? Like like he said, he should shave. Do you shave it off if you miss? Or do you leave it? Is it good luck? Or how's it work? If I had missed, I would have kept it. Yeah. But because I didn't even see it or wasn't even able to engage it, I never even drew my bow back. I was so, I'm so embarrassed that I feel like I don't even rate it. Yeah, he, he was more of like a... He's more of a nature it, watcher. Think of it like point. this. I think in samurai culture, didn't they used to cut their hair they would cut their ponytail off do you remember that yes yeah that's that was a thing right right off the end yeah 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 it's basically how about the, the old thing. thing where you cut the shark tail you guys know that one is no that, is that like uh a thing well how do you what's that mean god i can't wait uh, like hunting camp when yeah. everybody would come up to like the mountains everybody um would go out hunting and if you didn't kill a deer you got your shark tail cut you never heard that no no i've never heard of that either Bo, you, I mean, that's the old PA mountain hunting going to camp deal. That's because we always brought home You deer. ever hear something like that, Eric? Ooh, I'm joking. It's your shirt tail. The back of your shirt, they would cut your shirt off. I don't know. What shirts do you have that have tails? I don't know. I guess just that's what they said. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So they just what cut the dr- back. What are you, hunting in a tux? <laughs> Remove your cover button. I'm going to cut your shirt tails off. That is like a, th- I don't know. It's like a thing around here, maybe. Maybe it's just this. I, th- I this, think it's these just camps. the Pittsburgh people that come up here. Yeah. My buddy called. You know what? My buddy, when I come up here, he used to call us. The, the Great White Buffalo. M- up here. <laughs> Wait. 
<laughs> Great. He said, Mup ears. Mup ears, yeah. Hey, so one of our Spartan Forge shirts that we're going to be putting on the website pretty soon is a deuce and a half, which is like a large military truck. We actually got rid of them, and now they're replaced by LMTVs. But there, there were these old trucks. And where I was from, when someone would kill a deer, they'd throw it right across the hood of their car and just drive around town for like an hour. Mm-hmm. It was just a thing. And you knew this dude killed a deer. And it was, you know, kind of cool imagery. But when you think about it, it's pretty dumb. But it's kind of cool. Yeah. So we designed a shirt where it's a deuce and a half with a Spartan Forge logo, like the Lambda on the side with a deer strapped across the front. When we were coming back tonight, um, we decided that we're going to make Johnny his own Spartan Forge shirt, and it's going to be a white van. White buffalo. The white buffalo, yeah, with a guy in the front seat with a crossbow. With a cigarette in his mouth. With a cigarette and a buck (laughs) strapped across the front (laughs) of a white buffalo. Um, it's going to be a pretty good one. Sorry, we're doing inside jokes right now. Yeah, there's nothing Sorry, to do folks. with Johnny. He does not drive around. No, Johnny has not done that. Smoking cigarettes with a crossbow no. hanging out the window. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, but someone buffalo. else back in the day. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. The old, yeah. May or may not have engaged in this I was, kind of behavior. I'm hoping, we still got a couple of days left. I'm hoping to get a deer because I literally want to go and throw it on the roof of my Jeep. And haul it down here, blood draining down. We drove by a dude with a deuce and a half today. And we said, if somebody grabs a buck, we're going to go ask that guy for a deuce, for, if we could take his deuce and a half for a ride, or at least throw the buck across the front and snap some Picture, pictures. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. And it's a legit deuce and a half. It's, uh, it's only, I only saw one axle on the back, though. Did you notice that? Yeah, there was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway. Huh. How many did you see, Bo? How many what? Axles. I saw two of them. I didn't see it. I didn't see it, John. But, yeah, so you hunt tomorrow? No, I have to uh, return home tomorrow, which is in South Carolina, and then I have to go south for three days, and then I come right back into the same forest, but on the New York side for a week of rifle hunting. Oh, no way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, maybe you'll kill one then. No, I'll probably have cold hands. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... if anything happens, you're a heck of an airman. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. That's what we call you guys, right? Airmen? Yeah, it's better than semen. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Hey, you know. Get a couple of them get a couple of them petty officers on the poop deck with yeah. the semen scrubbing right. it for the rear admiral. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what, Ashley? I don't I don't care that you missed the deer. I still appreciate your service. You didn't miss the oh, deer. Oh, thanks. Or, yeah, oh, you missed like with his eyes. Didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Even worse, like I said. Well, can I can I mention my can I put in a plug for my fictitious podcast? Yeah, because <laughs> I feel like this would be my first podcast. This is your first podcast. So, you heard it here first. It's called hashtag knock of shame. Yeah. So the knock of shame is a reference to the walk of shame. If you don't know right. what that is, yeah. I'm not going to tell you here because I don't know the age of your listeners. But I'd like to think that the majority of us in this room or people that you've been with at some morning have done the walk of shame. Well, the knock of shame is going to be stories like my epic failure today. It's not the successes of all you guys who are all the professional hunters isn't it hilarious that you described this last night and then you went and crapped the bed today? Oh, no, because, no. Yes. No, no he did it on purpose for the yeah, long I did it on purpose. Now it's doing it for the grand. It's, yeah, it's solidified. It's real. And yeah. now it has credibility because it's, I've just birthed it on your podcast. Yeah. So the knock of shame needs to be that podcast where you actually report like a man, own it. 
even if you have a girl name, step up, own your, own your, own your stuff. Own your failures. Yeah. And I was, I was going to say bad words. So I, uh, I refrained from using profanity. Actually, we're all right here. Okay. I say them all the time. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Just checking. And so the knock of shame is when you miss. And this came from me. I shot high over a pig in South Carolina just a few weeks ago. And all I remember seeing is my red knock vibrating, you know, making that kind of like sound, just yeah. staring at me as the pig's running away. And again, it was a layup. It was at like 25 or something like that. And I missed. And I just remember seeing my red knock and I'm just shaking my head. Uh, and I walked over and I pull it out of the dirt like Excalibur. Like, oh. There's dirt all over my broadhead, so now I'm mad. I got to clean the broadhead. I got to resharpen it. Hey, maybe it's a good thing you didn't shoot tonight. I guess so. You would have had a dirty broadhead. Oh, negative. No, that I'm so OCD. That thing was clean and resharpened. That just like how I came in tonight, he was still telling the story. I was already packing my stuff because mm-hmm. I got to leave tomorrow. That's just me. Um, but anyway, knock a shame is all those failures that people never put out on a podcast. Or yeah. They're embarrassed to show pictures of on social media. I'm the dude who's like, I want to see all that failure. Yeah. Because one, you can learn from it, and two, it's funny. And get used to being made fun of. Because like I walked in, and you give me a toast. What what was the toast you said? Yeah, right. It was something like that. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like basically. He said, here's to Ashley ruining the weekend. Yeah, something <laughs> along those lines. And I can't. I can't debate that. I can't, you can't like, you got to own it. So that's the knock of shame. Like you're like, yeah, we have the, we have the theme song for the podcast as well. Knock of shame. Oh, knock of shame. Yeah. We know that one. (laughs) Yeah. We're old. (laughs) Wayne Newton. Bo's like, Uh, what? Bo's like, did Justin Bieber Bieber do that? Uh, No. (laughs) It's Wayne Newton, buddy. Yeah. He was was making fun of me for being young is what he was trying to do. I picked up on it. What else you got? What else you want to pick me apart for? Send it. Uh, so bench press, I don't, I don't bench a lot anymore. Um, I'll do like usually I do like four sets of ten at two twenty-five because I like to do lightweight, but you know with with higher reps. That's one armed. Oh, Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. Lightweight. That was Ronnie, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Lightweight, baby. How he talks? No, I don't do. I don't. I don't put up big numbers anymore. That's it. That's the young man's game. What you used to do, Ashley. Used to. Okay, so yeah. Okay, since we're going to talk about that, so I did a deployment. No, no, no. It's fast, fast story. So I did a deployment. There's several dudes out there who can verify this. Um, I went into the deployment. I did a six monther. Uh, I was with third group. They ripped out, and then seventh group got that backwards. Seventh group. Then they ripped out, and then I was with third. That's an important distinction for people in the special forces community because in seventh group, it's you're e- you have easy access to uh, performance enhancing drugs. Yes, oh, and okay. so they were there. Then they ripped out, and third group came and replaced them. Well, I stayed for both, so I extended um, awesome rotation. So I was there, I think, a total of about eight months. And when I first got there, I think I weighed 225. And when I left, I was going for 300, 300 pounds. And I think I got up to 292 was the heaviest I got. And I was probably only 8% body fat. And I was deadlifting like 550. Bench was like 415. And squat was like 475. Holy cow. Yeah. I, can't, I thought you'd be able to do more. No. <laughs> no. I, couldn't, I, yeah, I that- couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. Uh-huh. Yeah, but doing more than that would have almost no applicability in our job. Correct. 
I, and I was completely joking, by oh. the way. Uh, I was not. I mean, there are guys who could do more than that. We both knew we were talking about a guy tonight that we yeah. would do 750 reps. Just on the deadlift. On deadlift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that we do. There's always that and guy. So, there's the, there's and those he, meetings and he are everywhere. Like a fat ass. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you saw him, you were like, that guy, like, why is he in, how is he in the special operations community? Then you'd watch him pick up a refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> And you'd be like, "Oh, that's why." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, I got I got pretty big. I got so big to the point where the team leader pulled me aside, and the medic, the eighteen Delta, uh, that's a Green Berets designator on the team for the medic. They pulled me aside and said, "Hey, we have to have a conversation with you." And I said, "Yeah, what's up?" I thought I did something wrong. And they said, "Hey, we need to let you know that when you step out on a mission with my rucksack and my radios, like as the combat controller, you always got radios and batteries and a bunch of other stuff." I think total weight, I was stepping out at close to 500 pounds total. Holy shit. And so they told me, they said, we need you to understand no one can save you. So like if you get shot or you get blown up, like we're not coming to get you because we physically can't. So we're not going to expose ourselves to come get you. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Where's cool. my protein? Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody makes Give me, me some whey. my own blood. Masking whey yeah. protein. I need my metrics. Yeah, that was the metrics day. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, no, three task force. Yep. That was metrics. the other the awesome thing yeah. in the early days of the deployments is all the metrics and Gatorade protein drinks. Boxes to the stomach. ceiling. Really? I was probably eating 7,500. I was on that uh, Michael Phelps calorie, calorie diet before he was Michael Phelps. I was ingesting yeah, probably like 8,000 calories a day. Really? Oh, yeah. I was retarded. Wow. Sorry, I used a bad word. <laughs> yeah, we really uh, got <laughs> off the old uh, rutcation here. Yeah. Well, he asked. He asked no, no, no. That's, yeah. And actually, that's, you I mean, didn't ask. That question I, came from, from I, the, uh, the gallery over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a question, so I'm going to answer No, that's, that's cool. He, he's an interesting dude. I like I that. know. I, uh, I like, I like hearing, the, hearing the background. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got sto- so I'm one of those dudes, so I like to say I've lived approximately four lives. So I had an athlete life. Then I had a military life. I had a, my 15 minutes of fame on TV life. And then I did... Some yeah, other well, stuff. Wait, 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 hold up. on. You asked for it. <laughs> Which one? Which one? Well, let's Television. Listening. All right, so, um, oh, God, this one, it was a deep, dark time in my life. The Rock. So, I was Barry Wood before Barry Wood existed. So, anyway, no, that's a bad reference. So, no, in 20, I want to say 2011, I think we filmed in 2010, um, I was stationed in Mississippi as a combat control instructor. So I was uh, one of the instructors that was running a portion of our, our selection or our pipeline, as we call it, in the Air Force of Schools. And so my only job was to basically get students to quit. That was my job. And it was myself, and there were several other instructors there. And while I was there, I was non-deployable because I was an instructor. Well, there was a show. It was on the History Channel. It was called Top Shot. I don't know if any of you guys remember yeah. it. You probably weren't even born yet. It was 2010. Hey, I know what it is. So, <laughs> yeah. so season one of Top Shot um, came on the History Channel. Huge success. Everybody loved it. It was a great show. Uh, History Channel ran it. Very low budget. They didn't have big Hollywood money at the time. And the gentleman who won it was a former English military officer named Ian Harrison. Asterisk, that's who I'm going rifle hunting with next week here in New York. We're still friends to this day. He won season one of Top Shot bunch of people watched it well they put out a casting call to the united states or to the world i don't know saying hey we're recruiting people for season two so i'm non-deployable i was big into idpa uh, pistol shooting competitions uspsa pistol shooting competitions and three gun competitions were just getting popular at that time 
and I've always been into shooting. Well, since I joined the military and I've always tried to shoot at a very high level, we get to go to a bunch of extra schools and stuff because of our job. And my coworker said, Hey, you need to put in for that show. And I went, okay, yeah, whatever. I'll make a video and put in and see what happens. Well, the production staff don't know who emails me back and said, Hey, make us another video. We're interested in you. Make us a five minute video. Talk about A, B, C, and D, whatever they were. I said, yeah, okay, cool. So I send that in and they call me back and they say, are you available these days of these days to come out to California to do our assessment? So it was a week long assessment of shooting every single day. You're just shooting and shooting. If, if, if it started out with, I'm making up a number here, a hundred contestants every day, there was fewer and fewer contestants. So they're keeping your tallies, tallying up your scores. Yeah. And then by Friday or by Thursday, I think there was, you know, 15 people left. And then Friday was interview only. So you go in front of a panel of individuals and they've got cameras in your face and they want to see if you can enunciate properly and actually go on TV. So to this day, I'm, I'm convinced. You got a waiver for that part. Yeah, no, I did pretty well. Um, so I'm convinced to this day, there might've been some people who scored higher than other people in the shooting, but they might not have been the best in front of a camera when you're interviewing somebody. So yeah. just like how we're all speaking right now, if you get a guy on here who's saying, you know, well, like, um, and I was like, yeah, um, and then it was like, yeah, it doesn't sound, you know, I'm serious. You, you all know someone who speaks. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't look good. It doesn't present well in television. So I'm convinced the interviews in front of the camera scored a certain way. And then your shooting scored a certain way. Anyway, I made it onto the show with, 15 other people's eight and eight red team blue team and i was on season two so if you look it up you'll see me i got a beard long hair i'm in a red flannel in the opening scene you'll be like oh yeah that's you holy shit you had long hair uh yeah it was, it was down here and i had a pretty big beard and uh anyway that's me so i went on the show i actually figured out that it was not a legit shooting competition it was like a lot of other shows in hollywood that are heavily edited and scripted so they basically took season one and totally got rid of what season one was and they made it more of like a i tell people like whether it's cupcake wars forged in fire they're all kind of the same the bachelor the bachelor if it's not live then it's edited and scripted yeah and unfortunately they took a, a very good concept for a show it was the first show ever to have live shooting on television side note when we were actually shooting in our competitions all around us off camera we're all excuse me we're all armed security guys ready to go hot in case somebody like tried to do something stupid. Flip so out. yeah. So there was actually armed dudes like huh. ready to go. Um, but they're all super professional. The whole thing was professionally run. It was just the production staff was more worried about the drama side of it on the history channel than just, Hey, people tuning in the history channel. They want to see cool weapons being shot in unique situations. And they want to learn about the gun. That's it. Yeah. It's just like hunters. Like it's very definitive. Like we want to hear your hunting story and we want to see the animal. I don't need to see editing. I don't need to see scripting. And that's why I was actually talking to you about that last night. I was talking to you guys also saying like, hey, in the hunting industry, it, it behooves you or it's better for you to actually just show the truth. Like tonight's failure, if it had recorded me, if yeah. you had had a camera, that would have been an epic video. Epic yeah. failure video of me just sitting there, buck, 15 yards, layup shot, me sitting there, buck, 15 yards, you know. Um, anyway, they took it and they turned it into this drama show of, of uh, kind of forced or scripted drama. And it went off the air, I think, after four seasons. Um, good experience, but it was sad that they, the editing they did, yeah, stuff like that, kind of took the, 
the authenticity out of it. And I think at first the audience didn't see it, but by season three and four, they started to catch on. Like, Did you win? No, I finished sixth place in my season. Nice. Um, I would have gone further, and I'm not d- talking smack on any of the other contestants, but on my season, I was the only person. So there's a red team and blue team, and I was the only person from the blue team to make it to the the final. It goes to green team. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> that's a military reference. Yeah, I, so, I get it. Yeah. Um, I was the only dude from my team to make it to the final six. I think six people went to the end, and they still allowed voting. So basically, I got peered out. Like they were like <laughs> uh, all the red team guys, which rightfully so. You know, that I, like I even said on the show, I was like, "Well, I'm surrounded by hyenas and I'm the lion. Like there's six, there's six of them and one of me, or five of them and one of me. I don't remember." And so they voted me off because I was a threat. And yeah. I'm not saying I would have won. Uh, the gentleman who did win, his name's Chris Reed. Awesome, awesome dude. Super outdoorsman, bow hunter, rifle hunter, epic dude. Huh. Um, yeah, so anyway, that was my 15 minutes of TV fame. So if you guys ever want to go watch me and laugh at me, go on Amazon. Season 2, Top Shot, there I am. No then we'll way. have Ashley on. It's going to do some uh, military hunter videos here with us here pretty yep. soon. Yeah, so that'll We're planning be- on doing it this weekend, but it'll probably be later. Yeah, now that I've failed him with the buck incident today, he's yeah. decided to. Yeah, we're going to have to, yeah. He was a no-go at the station. we got to go back, do some retraining. Yeah. Hey, I like that shot of him. It looks like a legit cocoon up in a tree. The saddle is, is very, wild. very like nice it. saddle. It's very nice. I just I had. Mean, certainly for I how they a, sit. Yeah. Like I'll rem- I, guess I have nothing could- bad to say about it. The saddle had nothing to do with today's incident. Yeah, no, it was all yeah. me, all my situational awareness and bad timing of cold hands and hand warmers. Uh, it the looks like a comfortable piece of gear. It's to very be sitting in a tree all day with all day. Certainly better I've than done, me. How many days have we done now total? Three. Three. Yeah. So I've put in at least eight hours for three days straight, and I am hip flexor free, back pain free. I mean, I love the thing, and I have no issues. Like I have no pre-existing condition. I don't have bad anything. Right. So it's legit style. That was just bad timing. But anyway, so what he's referencing the the uh, videos that we've kind of come up with that we want to do. I'd almost. Uh, phrase it as an educational slash safety yep. video yep. going back to the basics. And when I say back to the basics, the reason a lot of units in the military are good at what they do is because they always default back to their basics. Like shout out to Ranger Battalion. So they're really, really good at what they do because they only do certain things. And when things go wrong, they all like ants know what to default to. So you're always on the same page. Mm-hmm. Hunters can run into dangerous situations when you're by yourself and you get lazy and you don't bring water or you don't bring a compass. I don't care what size compass. It doesn't matter. Right. And you say, oh, well, I'm only going, you know, and this is a reference to Black Hawk Down. Like, oh, you're not going to need those NVGs, or oh, you're not going to need that armor, or you're not going to need this until you do. Yeah. So I know we're walking, what did we walk in today? 800 meters? I don't even know. Oh, uh, no, it was like 1,500. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I take big steps. So his 800 for mouth breathers my, is 1,500 to him. It's 800. <laughs> so, hey, 61 steps for 100 yeah, right. meters, yeah, yeah, True, true, yeah. So- what we're what we're wanting to do is just always go back and touch on the basics. You know, like hey, with Spartan Forge, mark your truck, mark it. There's an icon for a truck. Yeah. If you don't drive a truck and you drive a white buffalo, still mark it with a truck. And then when you leave from there, what direction are you going? You know, just simplicity that a lot of people get lazy on because you get in a rush, you forget your release. You know, all these little things yeah. that just always come back to that OCD side of yourself as a hunter that's going to save your life. 
And, you know, I'm not trying to be negative, but it happens. And again, that could go back to the knock of shame. Like I forgot my release. Nobody's ever going to say that they're, they're not brave enough to come out and say where they messed up. Like I get when I was out in Colorado this year and I had an elk moving at 60 yards on me and I went to clip on my release, my release wouldn't work. And I later found out there was a piece of a stick that was shoved down and it wouldn't let it close. But I always carry an extra release with me that I, but the we call it two is one, one is none. Yep. So I, I had that, was able to clip it on yep. and, and still not get a shot. Right. But the the reasoning being that I had it with me and being able to always have those types of things and fall back on. Yeah, because somebody instilled it on you. Who was it? Uh, I think it was my dad, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, he's always. And where do you think he learned that from? Probably his dad. Exactly. Yeah. So experience. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So we want to make sure that. Because there's a lot of in-depth knowledge that everybody's putting out there, which is phenomenal. Because like I said, I can listen to your podcast. I can listen to your uh, YouTube channel. I can listen to your guys' channels. And I can learn a ton of minutia, right? So the stuff that I don't know that you guys all do because you're hammering in the summers, you're, you know, yeah. you're doing all the work, all the work. I don't have time for that. I wish I did. Um, so I learn all that stuff from all of you. But what gets left out are the basics. And yeah. so whether you're getting a year one hunter, whether it's a junior hunter or youth hunter, whatever you call them in your state, and they're coming up and it's because I'm a dad. I got a nine-year-old and seven-year-old and a three-year-old uh, and the nine and seven come with me. I'm taking a nine and seven-year-old out into the wild, chasing boars with me. Like they're on the ground. I'm responsible for their lives at that point. So I teach them and I'll trick them. I'll intentionally put them in scenarios where I'll go away where they can't see me. I feel bad for those kids. No, 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 it's not, no, it's not that bad. No, no, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. But I want to see how they're going to react, you know, and so I'll, I'll, I'll give them say, Hey, which way is the road? And it's dusk, you know, or it's nighttime. And I make them walk out, no light, just so one, they get the confidence and two, they know they can do it. And I say, Hey, where's the road? And they say, I don't know. And then you'll hear that car because you know when you're hunting, you could. There's always a road. Not always. Some we're in Colorado. There's not, but some places you can get bearings off sound. You can get bearings off sight or smell or whatever it is. North Star. Yeah. Right. So kids don't know that stuff anymore, and so the only people putting that stuff out are people like us who still re- can rely on that stuff. And That's it's a important good thing actually, because I mean, like everybody nowadays, kids that go to school and that are all right. Show me what to do. Tell Correct. me what to do. Show Correct. me what to do, and they keep brainwashed. Yep. Where you're taking your kids out, and you're going to make them use that brain. Okay, which way is this? Because yep. my fiance, her kids are like, oh, I'm going to do my math problems. What's this answer? I said, I don't know. You figure it out. I'm not the one going to school. That's what I tell them. You know, you got it. It's called problem solving. It's not hard enough uh, nowadays. So I don't know if anybody here in this room knows this, but you don't understand it because you've got it and you've developed it over years, but it's your internal compass. And all of us in this room have a really good internal compass. And what I mean by that is today when we were walking up, remember, and you said, hey, we don't want to go on this side of that ravine yeah. because the wind's doing this and this. And we both stopped and you said, I think we're a little left of it. And I said, I think we're a little right of it. And then we both knew we were, we knew where we were. We figured out no map, no anything. We just both went, this feels a yeah. little off, but we know we're right. And so I think guys like us that come in and out of the woods, going back to a truck, if you lose everything, I'm talking, you end up naked, <laughs> naked and afraid, and you have nothing. Can you get back to your vehicle? And, and that's where these videos kind of yeah. want to go to. Not the nudity part, but yeah, said, but like emergency planning. You yeah. know, so in the, in the military, we have you know, you, like you said, you have your contingency planning. You have pace all, plan. Yeah, pace plan. 
And that's what I want it to be for, whether it's for a dad and his kid who's going out for the first time and you want to turn him loose, let him go 800 yards in front of you by himself. Let him go a kilometer. Let him go because eventually he's going to go. Well, if you as the father or you as the guide or you as whoever know he's got a certain base level of comfort, eventually when you let him go, now you're not so nervous, you know, or when you're doing a solo hunt in Colorado, you know, going into some wallows for an elk do you carry a tourniquet? I know that's extreme. Some guys are like, what's a tourniquet? You know, I'm in the, I'm in South Carolina. There's some fairly decent sized pigs there. I've shot pigs with a Glock because my primary weapon malfunctioned. And so I go to my pistol and I'm shooting at him. If that, if that pig got at me and cut me, you know, and they'll kill dogs that, you know, they'll gore humans. Yeah. I'm sure you've all seen the damage they can do to, to some, you know, guys hopping up trees and stuff. If you don't have a first aid kit, you're not making it back to your vehicle. You're not. Like, you're going to bleed out. That's worst case scenario. I don't want that to ever happen, but are you planning for that? Like, what are you going to use? Take your belt off and, oh, I don't have a belt. Or take a shoelace. Can you take a shoelace off one-handed? Yeah. You know, like, can you do it in time? Probably not. And I'm not saying let's take it to that level, but at least have an understanding or a concept of options that you may have. So call it like a Bear grills. Yeah. Slash. Or just like, an, it can be like an elementary thing too, right? Yeah, like, it has to be. It, it could be like, um, okay, I have a, I'm using a GPS app on my phone, yep. Spartan Forge app. Okay. And then on my phone, I've got a backup app too that's smart, you know, yeah, some, Google Maps someplace. And then what do I have for that? I have a backup battery bank that's inside of my bags. If my phone starts going dead unexpectedly or I'm, or I'm chasing a deer or that I've, you know, wounded and now I'm tracking it, I've got a backup battery. And now what do I have as a backup to that? Well, I've got, a printed out map that's, you know, coated in some plastic that, you know, allows me to do some dead reckoning if I really get lost. And then, you know, and, and so like just building in that like primary alternate yeah. contingent and emergency part of your plan and then making sure. And now as your emergency, it's like someone else outside of the situation knows where I'm going and what I'm doing. Right. And I've discussed with them that if this is where I'm going and this is, you know, well, this yeah. is where we're going. This is what we're good. We're doing is just having that just planning and yeah. making that so part of your don't end up being the guy who had to cut his own arm off that they made a movie about because yeah. he didn't have a plan so and, and the movie makes it look cool but really he messed up from the get-go it's it's, so it's like send a pin to your significant other drop that pin say here's where i'm at if i'm not back by 10 o'clock at night initiate this this sequence or yeah and you, you know. can i mean this is 5500 square miles out here or yeah kilometers out here <laughs> And, and that's what it's funny. In Allegheny. Like growing up, that's what my dad always had topo maps he put down on oh. the, the bar in the basement and have marks where he was at. Right. And, you know, if the time that, and so that, that's something that he's instilled to me. Like oh. Justin, that's here that he's filmed me on hunts and that he, he can attest this. Like when I go on any hunt outside of Pennsylvania, I put together a hunt plan right. and I build out, like I have the backup things. I have a full emergency list. I have emergency contacts for nearest hospital gas a gas right. station i mean i break it down <laughs> a lot and i keep one copy in my first aid kit i keep another one in the truck mm. and i give one to the people that i hunt with and we had to use it this past year in colorado when i had to go to the er there was no questions on because we had no cell service so you yep. look up we knew which direction to go from the trailhead all that stuff was broken down and and be able to do that and my dad's instilled that into me is you know when i was a kid as far as just planning and having those contingencies and my profession is in safety. So I, I, yeah, you get it. Yeah. It's, yeah I, I mean, think even it's a big for deal. this thing here, you know, we, I've got two SATCOM phones. Yep. One is sitting there and one's in my pack. 
so that if something really goes sideways, we at least have a way to call out of here because there's no cell service here whatsoever. Yep. I have my Garmin in reach of my truck right, too. Exactly. I always, so it's just like all it. of that. So what we're going to do with these videos is just basically say, here are military best lessons learned. They're very applicable for the hunter. So they can get as nuanced as what we just talked about, but they can also be, hey, when you're packing your rucksack for, you know, going into the woods for a day or two, here's put your weight high on your back. Don't put it low. Like a lot of people have to learn that stuff trial by fire. They don't yeah. know it. You know, and they go out and injure themselves or whatever. So just, you know, really simple stuff like that. I like it. I think that'll be cool. Glad to, glad to see you're going to be a part of it, Ashley. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Excellent. Where's Justin at? Let's grab him and throw him on there. Yeah, let me go find him. I'll be right back. You guys keep talking. Yeah, we'll keep talking. I think we can do that. John, are you falling asleep over there or what? No, I'm just waiting to talk about deer. <laughs> That's the thing I know. <laughs> I mean, Ashley's a cool dude. I like him. He's all right. You know, I like listening to his shit. But uh, uh, Ali's jumping. We'd like on. to take a break from this uh, program to hear a word from our sponsors. Hi, my name is Bo Martonic. This episode is brought to you by MaxiPad. <laughs> hey, when it's that time of month, take care of yourself. Hey, we got a three for one special aisle seven available at Walmart. Remember, this episode is brought to you by MaxiPad. And I'm Bo Martonic. <laughs> Use coupon code East Meets West for 20%. <laughs> did you say Eats Feets Matt? What did you say? East Feets Breast. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> that was great. He's, you know that he's been thinking about that for a while. Yeah, he's just wanting to jump in there and say something. Yeah, he's been, he's been thinking about that. His gears are turning over there. Here we go. We got Justin coming on. Come on. You're on. Check. Check. Mic check. Yep, there he is. Am I Rats supposed to be able to hear check. myself? What's that? Am I supposed to be able to hear myself? Or? No, no. Not at the volume is turned down so we don't hear the background noise here. Justin, how's it going? Not bad. I'm pretty good. That's How good. you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. How uh, How's the hunt been for you so far and the whole experience coming to camp? Pretty good. I learned a lot in the last... Three days. I learned more in the three days and the past three years of hunting. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Spending yeah. time with this guy or what? Yeah. First day, actually, I learned a lot <laughs> through through him. I remember sitting the first stand, uh, first stand we sit in. I had no idea why we're there, and I kind of like looked at him like, "All right, look, man, I, I really don't. Know. I know we're supposed to be here for a reason. I don't know why." And I told him that, and he was like, "Okay, okay, I'll show you. I'll show you." He showed me scrapes, rubs, food, uh, direction of wind, and I was like, and then he pointed at the tree stand. I was like, okay, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. John Johnny's good at being able to explain yeah, definitely. that stuff. Definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Justin, give a little background on yourself and who you are, and kind of you know your military background and what got you here. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Justin. And so where are you from? I'm from uh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Um, I joined the Army in, at the end of 2014. Okay. And um, I joined uh, joined the Army. Um, wanted airborne on my contract. Got stationed with the 82nd Airborne as a paratrooper, uh, as a cavalry scout. And... Um, I did five years uh, at Fort Bragg. 
Oh, nice. Yep. Uh, deployed in 2017 to uh, Mosul, Iraq. Okay. Yeah, and then um, so you're in for five years, and now you live in North Carolina, right? Yeah. So I met my wife. It's funny. It's a funny story. It's kind of funny. Uh, I met my wife in February of 2016. I swiped right on Tinder. Ooh. <laughs> and six months later in September we were married. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I mean I guess if you know, you know. But I was, you know, a little private. I had an, I had a BMW S one thousand and a Camaro SS. So maybe that's what kinda like hooked her in, you know. I don't cool. know. Real yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was living life on the edge, you know. And uh <laughs> and now you got that rust stash and she's yeah. like, Man, I'm all in. Hey, it looks good right now, doesn't it? it looks yeah. damn good. Yeah, you're you probably have the best one in here. I'm yeah, not gonna I lie. mean the beard was nice, but yeah. No, I, this is the wife didn't like the beard anyways. When I get home she she doesn't even know about this. I'm just gonna walk through the door and be like, <laughs> Hey babe. Yours yours is pretty long. You wanna uh was it what a uh a, a, a rut rider? <laughs> what do y'all call it? Rust that ride? Rust that ride. <laughs> I'm a rust that ride. Rust that ride. Oh, yeah. Rust that ride. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, so she doesn't even know about Just it. She say, hated the beard anyway. What the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> she probably make me share the rest of it all. If you don't know, you can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And I definitely, like I said, you know, married the wife. Uh, I couldn't pass her up. She had... Four degrees, a career, her own house, her own car. And I was like, I have two vehicles to my name. And that's it. A couple guns. And <laughs> so I was like, uh, yeah, this is a win for me. This is a lose for you. <laughs> uh, you're not giving yourself nothing. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's awesome. But yeah. Um, and then are you – so from from the sounds of it, you, you – or when I was talking to you, you – kind of just got into hunting recently yeah so um the story how i got into hunting was i actually got into archery uh i, I hunted like once before i joined the army it was with my dad he kind of like put me on a, a fire break and it was just like here sit here on the log and look down this direction if a deer walks out shoot it yeah and i was like okay you know so you know that's what i did um come this weekend that's definitely not hunting you know yeah but, um, yeah, I joined the Army, and uh, when I deployed in 17, uh, I had a really good buddy who was really big into archery stuff, like archery hunting. I guess he used to do 3D uh, competitions back home. I think it was in, like, Colorado or something. And uh, I was like, you know what? When I get back from deployment, I'm going to get into archery too, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, he, was, he was really big into, like, Matthews and Prime. I'm like, I'm going to get me a Matthews too because – I had no idea. And um, went through all Iraq, you know, getting shot at, blown up, you know, ambushed, whatever. And then a month after I got back from Iraq, I got in a really bad motorcycle accident. Um, I was driving on some twisties, you know, doing motorcycle cross rocket things. And um, came around a, uh, a long sweeper and a deer came out in front of the, in, in the middle of the road. And it was either hit the deer or go in the ditch. I went in the ditch. And I was slowing down. I actually saved it, went in the ditch. Um, what are the little circle things inside the culvert? Culverts? Yeah, it was a culvert. I didn't see it. Tire went in it, flipped the bike. I went in there, hit a tree, broke my back, 
shatter my pelvis. I have 27 screws, three plates, and a back fusion. And whew, I don't have I like half feeling in my left leg. So, like, I have foot drop. So, my foot goes down, left, and right. It does not come up. So, getting the, the, the climbers uh, with John, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. But I'm not going to let him know I can't do it. So, because I've never tried it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I got up here pretty good. So He did pretty good. I mean, that was the first time we... uh. I mean, I put we we met the other day, and um, I hung a stand for him in the morning. But um, he he did pretty good. He was a little bit slow getting up, but um, for a guy to have been through all that, that's pretty good. And yeah, not bad, uh, not bad. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But yeah, so if you get hurt in the army, uh, you get transitioned uh, into a uh, a transitional unit. Uh, so you either transition transition back into the army, or you transition out, and you know, I was pretty messed up. I was in a wheelchair for like six months. I was in crutches for like four. And then I was with a cane for like six months until I, you know, I had a physical therapist tell me, it was like, hey, you know, you could walk fine. You know, you're using a cane as a crutch. You know, if you just do some physical therapies and you can, you can start walking and, you know, eventually you can go out in the woods and, you know, try hunting like you wanted to do. Yeah. You got out, you know, got back from deployment. So. Um, but in that transition, uh, the army makes you do like little things like, uh, biking, recumbent biking, adaptive sports and stuff. And one of the adaptive sports was archery. And so I got really big into like indoor archery and, uh, I got really good at it. Like I was doing a competition. I wasn't winning, but like I was doing not bad for like somebody else, you know, in it for one year and I was, you know, doing really good. Shortly after I started doing indoor archery, I got, um, into uh 3d and so i was like all right 3d is kind of like hunting is foam animals you know and then i was like you know it's, it's still not the same i like 3d i like this field archery stuff but you know i really want to get into hunting so uh this year is actually like the first year i've actually like you know what i'm just gonna really focus on trying to uh do you know bow hunting and stuff so awesome yeah i like uh like just being with Justin, you know, I told him and he was kind of like, he had questions what someone might think about hunting that people would think are dumb questions. Like you ask me anything, you know, and I told him after he even leaves here, you go back home, you hunt, you call me anytime. I'll help you out as much as I can. And, um, like, I'm like what Bill's doing for these guys and, and being that he's a military guy and having these vets to, and like, I'm not in the military, I never served. And, it's the least I could do for these guys that did stuff like that. I wanted this camp to be nice and enjoy it. And, uh, and, uh, it's a pretty cool thing what Bill got going on. And, and, and I'm glad I got to take these guys out. And I actually got in a tree tonight and last night and last night, me and Garrett went hunting and, uh, that was actually a scout hunt slash deal. And, um, I got up in a tree and I sat there and I was like, I'm not going to shoot it. I, I can't shoot a deer. Cause I'm, I'm not selfish. I want these guys to enjoy this time i got this place to enjoy in these woods to hunt myself but i did sit there and i almost got down and just walked around and scouted because i didn't want to bring a deer in and be like oh look what i got you know and and <laughs> these guys you know these vets are come up here to to try to kill a deer you know but um but justin learned a lot and um even the other guys i think learned a lot and i enjoy seeing other people have success you know like i've done through the years and that so um but it was a cool, it's a really, I hope we get to do this every year. Bill puts us on every year and 
I'll do anything I can, but, um, it's, it, yeah, it's the least I could do for what everybody's done for their country, you know, yeah. um, on veterans day. I think it's something definitely we can keep pushing forward with and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was definitely such a great group of people here. Yeah. And like he said, everybody last night was, it was like legit, pretty amazing. It's just like everybody talked, hunting, drank some beer, ate, and it's like, like he said, just old college buds. Shaving body hair. Yeah, shaving body. <laughs> that's when you know it's just total bonding mode. Yeah, that's when you, that's when you know, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I've I've learned a lot. Um, like I said, I can I can tell you, you know, what I've learned from each person. Like uh, Johnny, I've learned how to uh, initiate, how to actually look for a spot. You know, what the what are some of the things that you look for when you're driving around, or you know, um, you know, trying to look for that first spot to actually get. You know, idea of like a starting point. Yeah, starting yeah. point. Exactly. Um, I was talking to Drew, and he was talking about, you know, uh, you know, throughout the year, there's a, a bubble of where deer like to uh, con- uh, was it con- con- congregate. Congregate. Yeah. Yep. And um, you know, throughout the year, it gets bigger, bigger, and some parts of the year, it gets smaller again. And so, um, and I. I wouldn't have ever known that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I talked to Lee over there and he said, you know, he was talking about stuff like, um, uh, different characteristics of what deer do. Like as in like, um, deer are very observant. They see everything. Yeah. Whether you're, whether you know it or not, uh, you can be, um, you can be a threat to them or not a threat to them. They know who is usually around the area and what is not. Uh, they know, which vehicles stop on, if a vehicle stops on a road, uh, that usually doesn't ever stop on a road. Yeah. It's probably a bad thing, you know, yeah. or like, land- yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it just slows down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even like, uh, like maintenance, uh, maintenance people, you know, leaf blowing, you know, yards yeah. and stuff, you know, you know, to them, that's not a threat, but they see somebody clanking around, you know, uh, climbing sticks in a bow and they're yeah. like all right someone's about to yeah. lay the smack down yeah they see they see lee walking around making a bunch of noise clanging sticks together and as stuff. usual as <laughs> usual <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, all right. yeah so ashley passed passed off the headset to me um kind of to bring the, the whole conversation full circle ashley was talking about doing videos where they're talking about basics again and kind of talking about the things that we we overlook now since we've kind of gotten so deep into the whitetails and like we're getting so intricate into their personalities and different things and part of this weekend like I was I talked to Justin for 30 minutes before we hopped on this podcast going back to the basics and just like talking about the basics again and what and like what it took for us to make the mistakes to figure out like just the basic whitetail movements or patterns or bubble and things like that. It's like just talking about those things with guys like you honestly helps so much for us to kind of stop overthinking things sometimes and just go back to those basics and realize that like a deer is a deer, a deer is trying to survive. He's trying to eat. He's trying to mate and kind of communicating those things to you guys is like kind of, kind of brings you back down to, down to earth yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely so it's been it's been cool to kind of talk to guys that have different experiences in the hunting world yeah yeah and, and hear some of the you know some of the things that you know say someone that's newer like justin and the questions that you ask the things that 
that you, you may take for granted that you yeah. knew or that it makes you think about it again and you right. know and simplify stuff that like it wasn't cuz you can overcomplicate things oh, very easily. quickly yeah easily and we just got joined by Garrett Prawl, DIY sportsman you got on the mic now Garrett yep, took it over from Johnny yeah you took it over how you doing pretty good pretty good and uh when when did you when did you get in did you get in yesterday or two nights ago right yeah i flew in from minneapolis nice so what, what's your uh, brief, like, you've only been here for a brief amount of time, but what, yeah. what's your thoughts so far on being in Pennsylvania here? Well, I mean, I guess first I'd just say, like, this whole weekend and this whole event has been phenomenal, right? Like everybody said so far, all the people that we've been talking to, spending time with, it's just been an absolute joy. Um, and I guess from kind of just you know, you mentioned Pennsylvania and, and some of the, the landscape here and how that compares to maybe stuff I've seen in the past. Kind of reminded me a little bit of, of like the Ozarks and like central Missouri, um, but, you know, slightly different. And I, I think, the, you know, the first day I got here, I didn't even hunt. I just I spent basically all day with Johnny just walking around, checking cameras. And Johnny's good because he talks a lot. Yeah. Right? But that, that's good when you're scouting because he's, he's basically explaining everything that's going through his head. Okay, like – these blackberry briars here, like they're nipped off. This is like a hot brow source here. Yeah. Or you get these tea berry leaves, you know, growing on the ground. Um, and so I was able to really kind of expedite that learning curve and pick up, okay, these are kind of, you know, what to be looking for, uh, especially this time of year. And so then, you know, throughout just general scouting or like trying to get, you know, Damon set up in a good spot. Um, like it just made that process super, you know, way more streamlined than, than it potentially could have been. And I really like how much land you guys got here. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Like you can just, you can get as deep out here as you want to. And I would imagine, even though it might seem at times like there could be a lot of hunting pressure, like there's probably always a place you can get to and feel like you're getting away from people. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. There's, yeah, you can, you can get as far away or however you want that experience to be. That's what's pretty cool about, uh, about this area for sure. And so you hunted with Damon a mm-hmm. little bit too. How did that go? Well, so he he actually got up here the first, like a day before I did. Um, my trip got delayed a little bit, but he ended up seeing deer, like he mentioned, the first day. And then second day, we basically tried to get him relocated in a different spot where he, we knew that there were going to be deer in like right in that area. Cause he sat close in the morning. He's like, Oh yeah. You know, I heard bucks grunting. I heard deer running around in this, this clear cut. And we're like, Oh, well let's get you right back in there. So, you know, Johnny, I looked at the map again and I was like, all right, I, I can take him in and we, we get him up into this, um, basically between two clear cuts, but yet you had a strong rub line and then you had just kind of this like waist high grass and like, like, I guess brush, but it, which is not super common. Like it, it seemed like it was more of a, a disturbance type area than what you typically get in some of this more open hillside. Yep. And you had faint trails going through, you had the rub lines, you know, we found some droppings and pointing all this out to, to Damon and kind of ha- like how it all sets up there. Uh, and he ended up sitting there that night and then they went to go back in, uh, the next morning, him and his cameraman, but there was a different guy who actually beat them in the parking lot by like five minutes and he was going to that exact same spot. Oh, really? Yeah, but he ended up seeing what probably would have been a, a shooter buck, I think, in that location. Um, 
Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, you know, just kind of luck of the draw, unfortunate, but, like, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think he's, he's still had a blast, and, you know, certainly I have as well. Uh, I've been trying to poke around, too, and, you know, find good spots to set up. And, you know, today I spent the whole day pretty much sitting in the woods. And I feel like this is the type of area where it's like if you get two weeks, like give me two weeks where I got the whole calendar blocked off, nothing else to do but just, like, hunt and scout, like I feel – I'd feel pretty good. Like this, there's a lot of deer yeah. out here. There's a lot of good bucks. It seems like out here, and it's just you just gotta put your time in. It seems like yeah. I, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. You need time to kind of feel out the area, understand what good sign even looks like. Yeah. you know, in the area based on the deer density and what you're kind of what you're kind of getting into there. So I would I would definitely agree agree with you there. So yeah, a couple of days is difficult. Uh, even really get your pulse on things, you know. Yeah. Even even with Johnny's expedited learning curve, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's over there. He's teaching people right now. Yeah. <laughs> he's always gone. And now we got Evan Masters on the on the show. Hey, what's going on, Bo? Um, this is my first time ever being on a podcast, so I've listened to plenty of your stuff. So it's pretty pretty good stuff. So yeah, well, I appreciate you being here and thank you for your service obviously yeah and, thank you uh getting a getting to come and hang out and do a little bit of hunting yeah this pa wilds is not what i expected so that's for sure yeah um, you got you got what a two-day rut stash growing in there yeah two-day rut stash i think yeah. my percentages were a little lower than yeah, most next of you guys, year but you better get like a few weeks onto that before you come out on this hunt <laughs> yeah, yeah you know proper pleasure didn't you. really take place so <laughs> You know, if next time you I live around, you I better be prepared with a better stash. Yeah, so what did you see so far? So day one, I saw a whole lot of nothing, but <laughs> good you know, good appreciation of the the woods. Um, but day two, I had a, the same little spike I've seen two days in a row. I don't think it was even an inch on each side, but what we were talking about earlier. Well, you know, hold on a second. You know why if, if your rut stash was two weeks aged, he would have been two years older. Oh, yeah. You're so, so dialed on your rut These things I learned after the fact. Insane. What's that? Your rut stash just like, it almost it's almost like an antenna on your face. <laughs> just, it takes in so much information from the woods. Yeah. I'm start, I'm getting like, a, I just, I've had it for a day and I'm already get, kind of getting like some of that information in, so. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, I'm just feeling your brand. So I'm I'm deep into it already. Yeah, you're deep. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm t- it just picks up information. Yeah, and, and yeah, wind it's wind like direction. Tin foil hat on, but it's on your on your stash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know how uh, all my shirts are probably sold out by the time this goes <laughs> goes live. No. <laughs> um, Sorry, Evan, didn't mean to interrupt oh, you. No. Okay. I was using the wrong hashtag early today anyway, so I put my correction rut stash for you on my last. What would you do on the first one? I was adding an extra an S or something. You do it so. rut stashes? Yeah, I was screwing that all up. So. What the hell? Disservice to the Beaumar Tonic and East Meets West. Don't worry. I fixed it at the end. So, right. you know, my small Instagram, people are going to be like, okay, we found the right one. So Yeah, they, they'll, know. Go. they'll know what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. But what um, so what have you kind of learned from this experience of hunting? Is this like a type of area you've hunted in the past, or is this kind of like brand? Yeah, new? this is brand new for me. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. And what 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 do you traditionally type? What kind of woods do you traditionally hunt? Yeah, I don't really know. Like it was just just kind of just so so I could there's so much I could go anywhere out here compared to where I yeah hunt. You know, there's just so many 
so many places you can hunt compared to you know the small little places i i hunt so yeah so um and evan do you mind giving a little background on yourself and you know even your time in the military and everything yeah so from minnesota i've been i flew blackhawks uh, helicopters for about four years um i did rtc before i did that and then I realized, you know, anyone who's listening that has been in the Army, especially as a commission officer, Bill could definitely talk on that. Don't get to do the job I necessarily want to do. So I wanted to fly, and I ended up behind a computer for more than I wanted to. So I went to Iraq with the 34th um, Combat Aviation Brigade, October 19 to October 20. Barely flew. And I said, you know what, I got to change up. And Ashley can talk to that. Air Force is the way to go. So... I transferred to the Air Force. I'll be flying C-130s eventually so long as I don't uh, lose my brain and I can pass all the tests. So Nice. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's really exciting. That that's cool. And um and what you I think yeah, you're about the same age yep, that I am. Yeah, 29 I yeah, just learned. So, yeah, we're both yeah. 29, so. Yeah, pretty cool to be, you know, learning all this, you know, seeing you here of course and then getting John, watching Johnny's brain just you know, trying to figure out where we can go. And then, of course, the mastermind behind all this, Bill. Bill. You know. Oh, Bill. Bill who? Bill Thompson. <laughs> this guy who, you know, I first hear Bill on a podcast. Who knows how long ago it was. I remember I was sitting in a in a parking lot, and I was like, this guy's saying MDMP and all these things. And I was like, who is this guy? And then it's funny what I thought he maybe looked like. And then when I actually see him in real person, it's like, oh, this guy's pretty cool, huh? Like, oh, hold on a second. It's like maybe it's like an old man. Yeah, you thought you're an old man. He ain't too old. Yeah, look at him. He's he's got a long way to go. Yeah, he's yeah he's a young buck yet. Yeah, young sprout buck. I don't know. Maybe this app might take a couple years off his life. But <laughs> it will. Or, yeah, more than a couple. <laughs> I'll, I'll see. I'll see him next summer, and he's all gray. And, yeah. Oh, are you turning gray already? Oh, yeah. It's just gonna. That's gonna. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Do you think you'll come back to Pennsylvania at some point? Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, yeah, good. Glad you, glad you had that that type of experience. You hunting tomorrow? I got to leave tomorrow, so I'm yeah. all done. Gotcha. We'll be able to come back and see old Johnny, you know, find some of these sheds. Yeah, and he's, he's got to teach me how to find other sheds in the area. I also want to learn how to track <laughs> from that guy, you know. Oh, yeah. I already listened to some of these where he's like, oh, there's some horns in this area, and then there they are. They're like... You, there's not many guys like that, you know. So I will say, what as far as Johnny goes, I listen to. I don't know how. I mean, I got in a podcast in Iraq. I had 12 hours on, 12 hours off, and I, that's when I started like falling down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I was like, this is some guy that I would meet, like down at a bar that just knows about deer hunting. But then he just opened this can of worms big time, and then it's like, yeah, yeah, to see that big woods you guys talk about and everything out here, and and to live it, it's been pretty cool for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Well, again, thank you, one, for your service and for coming out and hanging out. I think it's been a really cool dynamic of everybody everybody at camp, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, awesome camp, for sure. Yeah. And, and Garrett getting to come in, I thought that was pretty cool because you get to hunt quite a few different places and everything, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's, it's always cool to see, you know brains kind of work i i would love to been able to spend time with you in the woods and kind of see how you look at things and do stuff but we'll have to do that again in some other yeah point. i'm sure it'll i'm sure it'll be 
plenty of other opportunities. Yeah, I, I think I think within this this team, as we were talking a little while ago, like yeah. uh, it's a pretty close knit family of sorts with Spartan Forge. So I'd, I'd imagine we'd all be doing more stuff together at some point. Yeah. Oh, we got Jimmy coming on. Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Am I passing this off to yeah. old Jimmy? Drew, we're getting rid of you. Yeah, I didn't say much, but I, I mean, Thanks, I see Drew. how it is. See you guys. Yeah, we'll see ya. Jimmy, right. the freshest rut stash here. Oh, no. I never even got to see the beard. I mean, this isn't my first rodeo, so. Okay. <laughs> this is pretty epic. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, Jimmy, you want to introduce yourself? Tell uh, who you are? Sure. Uh, Jimmy Fresco, James Fresco, Jim Fresco. However, uh, I'm, I'm labeled one of the founders of Spartan Forge. Um I started off uh, with Penn State um, grad. I went to electrical engineering, system engineering. Started off at Lockheed Martin doing SIGINT common type of uh, hardware design, kind of like, or hardware integration rather. Um, and I traveled around the world kind of uh, training, um, doing that kind of stuff um, all over the place. Korea, Germany, California, Georgia, um, everywhere. Um, and then uh, found my way down to Virginia with my current with one with my previous current uh, business partner Vaughn. He's one of the other founders of Spartan Forge. <laughs> and from there, we kind of met Bill, and he had some ideas of some hardware designs, which we were both kind of fluent in hardware integration. And uh, that kind of slowly morphed into collecting data, into the whole AI, AI realm, and then where we are now with our app and our. Uh, and the models, you know, yeah, um, a whole lot of that. There's, I mean, we spent years working on this stuff because it's, it's a lot of it is, uh, you know, we have a bunch of raw data, and the raw data is, uh, you know, it's raw. So we have to, we have to, you, you do feature extraction for the AI um, type of models, and um, so we do fe- data cleaning, feature extraction, and then you're you're trying multiple different models until you kind of get a result you want. So I mean. You know, it sounds really easy, but it, it just yeah it, it takes we, it takes a ton of time. Especially we collected the first data in 2015. Yeah, or I collected the first data in 2013, and then we collected our first data in 2015. Right. Oh, so you guys have been working together since 2015 on this? Uh, yeah, collectively. Yeah. Yes. This has been a, yeah. a long. Uh, it, it's been a. It, I mean, a short, long path, short path. I mean, it's it, yeah. it's been a blink of an eye, um, but. You know, it, it's it's cl- collecting some data, trying different things out, collecting more data, you know, sampling it, trying different things out, and it's it's it's, it's just like a, um uh you know fail trial fail repeat yeah until you get something that that works and yeah. then when you get something that works you're like oh let's let's run with this so it was uh it was an adventure and it was it was pretty awesome it was a yeah. huge learning curve um you know a lot of people are trying this with all this different data. A lot of people in, you know, and uh, we got something that works. So yeah, that's that's for sure. And so have you been? You've been? I'm sure you've been pulling the same type of hours that from. I talk to Bill usually face to face, but I've been talking to you through Slack a little totally, bit. Totally, yeah. Trying to, you know, when issues come up and right. fixing them, and everybody sees my name as Jay Fresco. Or if if you're on, uh, if you're, if you're sending support tickets in, James. You know, we're yeah. You know, there's only three of us, so. We're 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 either we're pushing out new features that you guys are getting, 
or we're also answering your your support tickets. You know, simply from I can't log in to I have an issue or hey, I want a new feature, which yeah. you know, we're taking everything uh as serious as as you know everything's at the same level so if you have a new feature or you find an issue we're putting tickets in and we're we're tracking it so we're not we're, nothing's being ignored yeah um so uh um yeah it's it's been uh it's been a it, it's, been it's, insane. it's been a long road but it, it does has not felt long at all it's it's been you, you know we were both we were both working jobs while we were trying to put this stuff together so it's you know it's working a nine to five whatever hours that is, plus working another three to four yeah, hours we'd, every we'd day. After work, we'd yeah. meet after work and then work more. Both both getting, uh, you know, hell from our fiancés, girlfriends, yep. significant yep. others. And, yep. and, you know, just reassuring them like, hey, this is going to work. We're going to turn we something into this. We know this is going to work. Yeah. Like the first time we got a data, we got a model to do prediction, and then we had, you know, sound, we had looked at it, compared and compared it, done a, ju- a proper juxtaposition with the test data. And saw that there was prediction that was actually occurring, and that it, it was reliable and reproducible. We were like, okay, we can bust that. Yeah, we can go all, we can go all in on this because we know it's going to continue. It's in, in machine learning, I guess the long and the short of it is, you know, when the model starts working because it becomes very predictable, and there are things that you can get from it that you wouldn't normally. If if it was static on a screen, in other words, there'd never be a picture. Yeah. <clears throat> but eventually, you can start seeing the picture. And then you know you have something. It's I guess is the best yeah. analogy, the best way to do it. And I guess the best way that we that we verified our model is is you know we predict across the entire continental U.S. and th- you know where our whole user base is, and just plotting that and looking at it. You know, if it looked like like TV static, we knew it wasn't working. But it looks like predictable. Looks like a weather system. Yeah. So it lo- like it, you can see as movements going high and low across the U.S. like. Just the other day, Taylor Chamberlain, the uh, urban bowman, if people know him by that tag, had said something like, we should produce like a graphic that shows like the prediction across the U.S. And Jimmy and I were like, yeah, we did that like three years ago. (laughs) Here's one right here. Yeah. And it's just like you can see it. It looks like it looks like, you know, when you look at like a Doppler radar and you can see like a weather system moving across the U.S. Well, white tail movements highly influenced by weather, as we all know. So as weather changes across the U.S., it correlates with changes in the way deer behavior is. And um, it's really, since the application's been out, I don't know, we're probably at like 30 or 35 messages where people are like, either I've never been put, I've never killed a big buck or harvested a big buck, or I've never harvested a deer, period. And, you know, I just put all my faith in this thing and just listened to the system and went with it. And, you know, we're posting them on our Instagram now and people are just, you know, yeah, it's that's like the best feeling in the world. Right. Yeah, yep. you, you when you were explaining to me one of the messages that you had got earlier when you were telling me over there as we were sitting in the kitchen, it, it was funny watching just your face and how you reacted as you were talking it. You were just like getting excited as you're yeah I thinking mean, about like, that experience. And how how someone you know you know I don't I can't remember if it was their first buck or their biggest deer, whatever it was. It, it was a buck they had been targeting for two years. Yeah, yeah, that was it, and they'd never seen it on the hoof. And they were like, you know what, I'm just going to leave it, this buck alone until the system says to move in. And they'd waited like two months for their first full range prediction. And then they moved in close. And, and the first time he got in there, he harvested it. And it's like, it's, every hunter can relate to it, but it's like the progression of a hunter, right? It's like, first you understand the woods and you 
and you interact and you go out and you learn things and you see things and you might, you know, harvest a doe or a young buck or something like that. And then you get into learning, you know, how to pattern an individual animal or you're listening to podcasts like this, you're watching Seek One or whatever, and now you're targeting an animal, right? And then you get really good at that. Now it's like, I kind of want to show someone else how to hunt. So, or you want to see that first excitement in someone else. So you get like a brother or a sister or a cousin or a friend and you bring them out and you teach them the same stuff. And then you watch them do the adrenaline dump after they harvest their first deer. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then, you know, I'd kind of gotten to that point where I was encouraging other friends or bringing other friends, military buddies out a lot of times to hunt because in the military, and it's another podcast, but uh, there's like, you know, you get all this planning that goes into an operation and then an operation is executed and bad guys go away. And then you feel very good about that. And then, military guys and gals get to this point where they're transitioning out of the military and they're like, how am I going to supplement this satisfaction, this sense of completion that I was getting while I was in the military? For me, it was bow hunting, right? Because you're putting a plan together and then you're watching the execution and you're enjoying, you know, everything that goes into it. And then, so that progression for me, it's just the next stepping stone was now I'm helping build this application that is like you're now you're the meta hunter, right? You're helping people that you'll never meet hunt and, 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 and get, enjoy these goals. It's like, even as I talk about it right now, right? Like it's just, you're automatically inspired because you're, you know, positively, that guy will tell his kids that story and his grandkids that story. And that will be a mount that is going to hang on his wall that when he passes away, this, you know, this, uh, short time 10 pointer with a really wide rack that he'd been targeting for all these years, his kids and grandkids are going to take, and it's going to go hang in their basement and they're in their man cave or whatever. And it's like, no one will ever know, but you had like a tiny part. Yeah. <laughs> just like a tiny part of that. And to me, that is just like, I, I, I can't talk about it enough. It's the most satisfying thing. He'll be like, you know, that Spartan Forge app, the one that shoots the deer with lasers now <laughs> back in the day before it was a drone <laughs> Yeah, before it that was would dart your deer. Yeah. It was just a map and a prediction thing. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's just like, that's the progression, right? Yeah. Like you go from doing it yourself to, to being really good at it and proficient at it. And then going from there to showing other people, which is, I think, the stage most people are at right in this room, right? Like everyone's pretty much an expert. And then from an expert, you go to this level where it's like you're just helping other people do it and enjoy it on their own and, and, and just move on there, which I guess is kind of where you're at as well with the podcast with East Meets West, right? Like somebody listens to you and then they embody that, those things, and they go out and do it. So yeah. for me, it's just... I just talked about it for five minutes. I could talk about it for three hours. Yeah. It's the most gratifying thing Tr- in the world. I know. Trust us. We know. Yeah. <laughs> Trust Jimmy. He knows. Yeah. I mean, se- second to how much this, how much Bill gets off to this, like that, that's the, definitely my enjoyment. But the, then all the, how we get, like Bill said, all the users coming back with feedback. And because, you, you know, it's all based on your perspective of where you are. Like you, like you, you know, we might have a full range prediction, but you might be in, in a spot in the woods where you're not going to see, see a deer. So, you know, it's all, it's all based on where you're located. And, yeah. you know, if you're not, if you're not in a great spot, you're not going to see any deer, but it, like, yeah, as we talked about Lee and Drew on a podcast we did earlier, it was just us three on there. We were talking about like, 
Sport and Forge app is a really great tool, but just understand it doesn't replace actually right. knowledge and being right. in the woods no. and scouting and everything, right. but it, it helps, you know. But when people do use it correctly and they do you yes. know, hit, hit that harvest, it's it's awesome. Like, I, I can't explain to you. I, can, I just get, like, arms in the air excited every single day, no yeah, matter I what I'm going I still get chills yeah. when I read it because the person will be writing you, like, five paragraphs. Yeah. And they're spilling their heart out to you, and you've never met this person. And they're telling you everything about like the past two years of their life when they've been tracking and following this deer. And it's just like, my goodness, <laughs> like what else do I, I, I can't ask for any more out of my profession. It's yeah. like, that's all I can ask for. Like I, 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 it's, it's, it's near the same level as the fulfillment I got in the military. And people are going to be like, that's really not good, Bill. I don't and care. And we want, the, we want this to work. We want this to work. We don't, we don't, we're not trying to, you know, put some uh, fake prediction on something like spinning rims. And, and, you know, we slap a cool label on it. We're not trying to do that. We want, we want this to work. Like we're trying to, we're putting this through like all the rigor, you know, yeah. all the testing, you know, academia, like everything. And we want to make sure it works correctly. We're not, you know, we're not just trying to slap a cool sticker on it and like, yo, you know, Spartan Food, we got a really cool Lambda label, but you know, yeah, that, that that's we're not that's not it. We're from the military, yeah. trust us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've never screwed anything up. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Except for that Vietnam thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the Afghanistan pull and, yeah. Af- and that Iraq thing that just yeah. happened. Yeah. Other than that, we've got a great uh, service record. Don't worry about us. Yeah. I'm yeah, just, just trust That's the bureaucrats them. that are screwing that up, not the military people. But it's a joke. It's a joke before anyone gets offended. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anybody listening to this is going to get offended. But I don't know. You've been telling me some stories about offended people. Hopefully, Yeah, no. actually, you're right. I had some offended people. Recently, yeah, we've had so. offended people. Let's just hope nobody listens to this. <laughs> yeah, no, there's yeah. a lot of people listening to this one. Yeah. I think so anyway, if I had to guess. What do you think? Want to wrap this one up, or do we have anybody else we want to? I, know, do we, I think Chris. Uh, let's get Chris on here. Chris is one of the non-servicemen winner, winners that that came through, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's get him on here quick and have him tell his story. Chris, Chris. come over here and tell us a story, you. Chris, what you're? So Chris is one of the younger hunters that came here. I think he's twelve. You're twelve. <laughs> you allowed to drink that uh, apple Bud Light? Uh, Bush Light. Come on. We got a note from his Gross. mom before I came here saying that he could consume three beers. So, as long as it's under true. 2% alcohol. Chris isn't that young. Come on now. Chris, how old are you? No, you it, just got to put him on, buddy, and then yeah, put the microphone by your Yeah, no, that's fine. Just uh, move, move that cord out of there. And then, yeah. it, I have it turned down so these yahoos in the back uh, okay. can't hear. Gotcha. Yahoos. Gotcha. I am 21. Oh, okay. You're 21. Yep. Nice. Actually, I thought you were a little bit so older. Bill's I'll be, first girlfriend. I'll be uh, <laughs> 22 here in a couple of days on the 21st. Oh, oh no way. Oh, wow. Getting well, old. happy early birthday. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you've had a uh, hell of a trip so far, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, it actually, uh, I was shocked. Coming from Ohio up to PA, that's all my buddies are, dude, you're leaving right in the best time. You're leaving right in the best time. And I'm like, ah, I'm like we'll figure it out. I'm like, I'm going to get on some deer. And coming up with you guys, I mean, obviously you guys know your stuff, so I wasn't I wasn't too worried about it. And then came up here, and old Johnny put me on some good ones. Yeah, you're on a big buck the first day, right? Uh, or second day? Second day. Yeah. Second day, I did some e-scouting, and as soon as I got here, me and Johnny went back and forth talking, and he's like, I've been in there, some really big deer in there, so you just got to find them. I'm like, all right. It was a bit of a walk too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So there's actually a, a 
an old logging road that wasn't marked on any of the maps on anything. I don't I don't know where it came from. And so I parked way down and ended up walking like 3.8 miles with my stand, my sticks, everything. It was brutal. It was awful. And it's up and down and up and down. Yeah. And uh, found some really fresh sign. And I just wanted to keep going. I'm like, there's a really good sign here, but I'm like, it's got, it's going to get sweeter. Like eventually it's, I'm going to hit the stuff that I want to hunt. And I just wasn't sold. I mean, it was a lot of good rubs and a couple of fresh scrapes, but nothing that was like telling me, stop, put your stand. So I kept going and I actually joined up with that logging road and got in there and immediately hit three fresh scrapes and they just reeked. I mean, they, mm-hmm. you, you could just tell good they sign. were, yeah, you could tell that they were worked within the last probably six hours and they were probably hit that that morning and so i was like okay i set up i think 30-ish yards away 40-ish yards away from them um on the opposite side of the logging road is what they were on and got set up um and i just i literally picked that stand up on my way up here off of a buddy i bought it off of him for this trip (laughs) i was like i'm just buying it on a whim and i'm gonna run with it and so I was kind of, it's the first time I ever put it up <laughs> and I'm way back in the woods. And so I made a little way too much noise than I like to make. And, uh, so I was like, I'm just going to do a rattling sequence. Just, you know, hopefully they'll think it's two bucks that are just milling around in the same area and now they're fighting and did it. And literally within two minutes, I can just hear just doof, 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 doof coming through the leaves. I'm like, okay, here we go. And I'm, you know, being from Ohio, we hear that and it's like get ready, like, they're going to be on top of us quick. And it was the exact same way. I looked over my left shoulder, and a, just a really, really nice 10-pointer comes up over the over the ridge at, like, 40 yards. And I'm like, oh, he's right here. Like, yeah. I could tell he was close, but not that close. I was thinking, you know, he's, you know, probably 60, 80, and then he was 40 on top of me. And so I grabbed my bow real quick, and there's a little opening um, right before – that logging road and I'm like well if he stays on the trail he's gonna hit that and he's gonna I had ranged it and it was like 43 yards I'm like, perfect I'm like he's gonna step right in there game over and of course like all big bucks do he veers and stays just right on the edge of the thick stuff and ended up going and I drew back and got on him pretty good and I had my pin set on him and he just kept moving and he's at like 50-ish yards 55 yards and I'm like, I really don't want to stop him at 55 yards and then take a shot with him being alert and everything else. And with it still being super early in the day, I mean, this was middle of the day. I'm like, I'm just going to hold off. And he kind of dropped down and went up the opposite ridge and just kind of worked across actually where I'd come into where I found a lot of good sign, just not what I was looking for. And uh, probably an hour after he came through, I had a pretty nice eight-pointer come through and he was at like 30-ish yards, and I just didn't have like the perfect shot that I wanted. He was a little quartered, too, with some some brush on the way, and I just wasn't too worried about it. And he ended up dropping down and doing the exact same thing that mm. the bigger buck did. Yeah. Almost the same trail. Um, I wonder if a hot doe came through I, there or something before you were I'm in I'm going to assume. So I seen four, four does that had worked that ridge probably 15, 20 minutes. Um after that eight pointer okay and then <laughs> right before dark they're just running like mad up on top of that ridge and that was kind of my game plan i was like okay in the morning that's where i want to be 
And um, I'm going to assume one of them does was either in or real close to being because they were, you could definitely tell they were, every one of those bucks had a purpose and they're like, get to the top of that ridge for whatever reason. I don't, whether they came through that morning or that that's just where they were headed. Yeah. Um, and then I got in there that morning and it was hot for the first 10 minutes and then it just completely died. And then at nine thirty, I had two guys in backpacks and setting up camp 300 yards from me. Oh really? I didn't know that part. Yeah. What were they backpack hunting? Like- yeah. So I get in there. I'm so at this point I'd got on that opposite ridge. I'm 200 ish yards probably from the logging road. And I'd used that logging road to access and it was a lot quicker, a lot quieter. I got in there really early, got completely set up, moved my stand and everything. Kind of, it was, it was a, it was three trees pretty much almost right together. And I got right in the middle when I had a perfect cover. Oh yeah. 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 And got set up. And like I said, the first 10 minutes of shooting light, there was like deer just all over that ridge. And I never really could tell exactly what everything was. I'm like, okay, there's a doe. Okay, there's a small buck. But they're all just, it's still at that point where it was light enough. Had they been inside 30 yards, I could have taken a shot easy. But it was still just dark enough when they were out on top of the other ridge and just across. I really couldn't make out exactly what everything was. And they all just kind of dispersed and did what they wanted to do. And then it was just dead. And then so at like 930, I'm sitting there and I hear some pretty loud walking on the on the road. And that logging road has a few spots of gravel. And as soon as I heard, I'm like, well, that's not deer. That's way too loud to be deer. Yeah. And sure enough, I see two guys' heads popping, and they've got really big packs on. And I'm like, what are they? Like, I, I thought they were backpackers. And I didn't see that they had bows when they were walking in. And I sat there for like 30 minutes, and all of a sudden I, see, I hear like a hammer. They're like hammering stuff in the ground. I'm like, what in the world is going on? (laughs) So I slipped out of my stand real quiet and just kind of eased my way up onto them. And they were setting up a full-blown camp. There was like, they were putting a tent, like a big canopy out. And like the one dude had like a little Coleman, uh, like stovetop grill. And he's like making dinner. And I'm like, oh, geez. And I was just like, what's up, fellas? (laughs) Like, you know, what else do you do? Setting up camp in a Redding area. Yeah. yeah, in like a prime yeah. area. And they said they had already taken two bucks out of there this year. And then they said the one was a 140-inch uh, A-pointer. Really? So that's a really good A-pointer. Yeah, and in a, my yeah. world, 140-inch A-pointer, that's a anywhere. great point. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they said that there's six of them, and they live like 40-ish minutes from here. Hmm. And they just decided that. This was the week. This is the week, and they were going to come. This is the week, and we're going to set up camp (laughs) on the rut zone. Can't do forty minutes in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sleep in my tent. Yeah. So I was like, "Well, I texted, (laughs) I texted Johnny. I said, "Well, I just had four guys come in with backpacks," and he said, "Do what?" (laughs) That was was the only thing he said. (laughs) Uh, Sounds like John. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, what the heck? Why did I do that for? <laughs> He's like, I can see him. And you're seeing bucks? I said, well, I was. He goes, ah. Oh. That's all I've, ah. Oh, man. So are you hunting tomorrow or are you about done? Um, I'll probably stick around tomorrow and see what I get into. I don't have to go back to work until the 22nd. So I'm just kind of nice. nomading it up and I'm just going to hunt my way home and see what I can find. I've got some cell cams put out through Ohio and some other cams with some buddies and Awesome. Nice. See what happens. Good for you, buddy. 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate you know you coming here and joining us for the yeah. for the hunt and everything. Oh, and, absolutely. And one of the but you, and you're one of the non-service member winners. Correct. Yeah, thanks but, for um, entering. But thanks for entering. Because no. Yeah. Absolutely. All of the people who entered who weren't service men and women were the people that you know either contributed money for extra entries or um, liked and shared it and got the word out there. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot more non-service members than there are service members. So thanks for your patriotism. Yeah, thanks no, for yeah. your support. And, yeah. and no, entering absolutely, and, guys. and sharing it and doing this because uh, if it weren't for all these people, we wouldn't be able to enjoy this crazy lifestyle that we're doing right now. So well, thank you. I appreciate you guys. And that's what you guys are doing here is it's it's awesome work. It's it's good stuff. And I mean, there's there's definitely results. Bo's having a heck of a year. and Yeah, Bo's. Yeah, he's been killing it. Lodging his fourth point contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been up there so deep. I tried giving it to some of my friends to use, and I can't no, get it out. No, don't. No, keep it. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, I appreciate good. you guys. And I've day one of the beta, I was like, yep, I'm, they got some smart stuff going on here. This is yeah. this is too good to pass. At least we sound like we do. No, that's <laughs> I, I definitely believe in it. I mean, that's Thank all you. of the e scouting, all of the e scouting that I did, and put me on that really good buck was yeah, and you, through and, Spartan Forge. And, and I'll tell you what, like to give Chris some serious credit here, like he explained to me why he picked that location and stuff and I mean he had it dialed. He had his e scouting down and went in and wow, was put down to, a slammer on the way home they can come on both podcasts. Was able to read sign hell yeah. Um uh, hopefully buck Monday. Hopefully yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But, no, I appreciate you guys having me on and having me out here, and it's it's been a heck of a time. It's been a Thanks great again. camp, and yeah, I appreciate yeah, you guys. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Is that it? What do you think? I think, I think we're uh, about all good here. So, yeah, thanks for everyone for coming, and um, uh, we hope to get, you know, as much or more participation for next year. We're into the thousands of dollars raised for veterans. It's going to be going to that boot campaign, so. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.